This is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America. Steak for breakfast. So stand by. This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. They have rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. Mm. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off at manrubs.com. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, all that stuff. Melted made plastic. out of hot melted plastic. Mm. Mm, so hot. So melted. Use the code STEAK for 5% off your order. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear can be found at odyssey.com. Specializing in headphones, whether you're podcasting, gaming, in-studio recording, or referenced as somebody that has so many horses, bitches call you polo. Ooh. All right? Odyssey.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Check them out. Firearms. We need lots of them. We need ammo too. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five star rating. If you like tradesies, not ammo. He's a licensed FFL. He's got a newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone at 619 870 6992. Tackle gear done right. All of our first responders aren't mediocre medics, but they love mediocremedic.com. For all those on-duty tactical patches and off-duty flip-flops, sandals, sweatshirts, and more. Head over to MediocreMedic.com. Huge fans of their Instagram. And then DumpBox.us, home of the Zero Fucks Duck. Go find Mark Joe Friday's website. Find him on Facebook. Find him on Instagram. Get all of those tactical gear needs met. Friends, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that will take you to all our social medias, our website, Telegram, and more. And on that note, welcome. Tuesday edition, episode 78, Steak for Breakfast Podcast. I'm Roan, joined today by Noah. What's up? Antoinette's here. Hello, guys. And jumping in the studio with us today for this edition... Mr. James, host of We The People Radio, thanks for coming back with us today. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, when you hit me up yesterday to come on, I was like, hell yes, I will. Uh, super excited to join you guys. One of my favorite podcasts there is. Thank you. We feel the same about your guys. Yeah. Yeah. Not, well, I, it's it's so wild to me because I, I think I said to you the other day, Ron, I was one of your first guests when you guys really started coming on. Yes putting out content and from that show to where you guys are at now and the content that you're putting out now, the guests that you're bringing to the table, the news that you're covering, 
you guys are doing a phenomenal job and and i'm so so happy that you guys are crushing it and putting out great content because you were one of my favorites from from the get, favorite favorite shows to go on from the get first time i was on your show um we kind of clicked right off the, right off the bat well before antoinette's days uh, <laughs> now, now now you have her join and it just makes it that much better so uh it's really amazing to see where you guys have have, have gone with this well thank, thank you, you. Absolutely. I dig it. And I'm sure you could attest being a, a host yourself and, and doing a lot of the things in regards to your guys' show, the amount of work that goes into that that standard you, you have for yourself as far as producing good content for the not only the listener but the community. Absolutely. I mean, you know how we started. We started with just our computers and, and Skype. Yeah. We didn't have mics. Like, you guys had mics before we did. We were just <laughs> putting out the content. And, uh, you know, now – we try so hard to make it better and better and continue to grow and bring better content for our audience. Cause like you guys, you know, we have audiences all over the world and we want to bring them the best content possible. And I don't want to rape people's ears every time that we're speaking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, and you guys really inspired us to get better. Cause like when you came to the scene, it was like, all right, we're the only ones now stakes is out here killing it. You guys have mics, you have all of this stuff. You guys are doing great content. I was like, all right, we got to step up. We got to get better, you know? amazing uh, it's not a competition what i love about what we're doing is that we've built a nice little community me and roan talk about it off air all the time yeah that's it right there yeah podcast tech support exactly as <laughs> i called noah the night before we did the the uh and and, and roan the night before we did the uh the patriot double down event and I, I was like yo how'd you guys pull this off like give me some tips i need some pointers technical support and these guys were there it's like midnight it was like late and you guys are ready to help. And this is so amazing. The community that we've built and, and help bring the truth to people. For sure. I love that. It's a teamwork with everyone. Like there's no, you know, um, jealousy or trying to one up, you know, we're all trying to help each other out because the, the more we do, the more like we can put out there and help other people, you know? So, so the message is the most important thing. It doesn't yeah. matter who it comes from. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, if you're listening to stakes, you're not listening to us. That's fine. You're listening to us, not stay. It, it's to me, it doesn't really matter at this point. We're at a, a, in, in a point in this war that if we lose, none of this will matter. Right. We have to exactly. the people and you we know, definitely won't me. be doing podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll be in the gulag. We'll be doing podcasts from the gulag with <laughs> live audience. Live audience. <laughs> I don't know if they have Wi-Fi in the gulag. Like that, that John Travolta meme, where like you know, and staying alive, like you know, dancing into the FEMA camp when you see all your, <laughs> oh, yeah. all your friends. <laughs> when when Roy Williams is running into the locker room after the North Carolina game, and it's like you, you, when you finally get to the gulag and see all your internet friends there. <laughs> Woo! I made it. <laughs> High five and everybody, low yeah. five and everybody. It's <laughs> oh, it, might, it might be the only way we ever get to meet. Badge of honor, though. If you think about it, it's like us getting nuked and stuff like that. You know, or getting censored. We're like badge of honor. Really FEMA camp badge of honor. Yeah, well, nothing tells you you're doing it right. <laughs> right. More than that. Absolutely. No, and they, they, you know, it's it. What boggles my mind is that you guys are still on Spotify. That boggles. It's like we've my been trying mind. to get kicked off. It is. Hold on, so you, guys want, you want to do it real quick? We, we lasted a week on Spotify. <laughs> oh, we'll touch really? on some of them. Only a week. Only a week we lasted. You know what? I, I think it's a combination it's of the name. Yeah, the name, the art. And I, I believe it's our extended introduction in the beginning, especially when we let our guests come in and, and talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in their neck of the woods before we really get into it. Yeah. So those uh, algorithm beaters are, are have been proven pretty well for us up to this point. Yeah, because none of the uh, 
tech weenies want to listen further than like a minute in. Oh, it's pretty funny you mentioned that too because you know Natalie's coming back on on the 16th. Her her, her and Jorge Ventura are going to come on the same show. He's just getting ready to release his documentary through the Daily Caller. He's been doing some amazing work on the border in addition to her as well. Um, but I was telling her yesterday, I was listening to her show in the car. I pulled over on the side of the road. Uh, granted, I was in a neighborhood and I had to message her. I was like, listen, when you come on our show, there are no fucking code words. You can swear as much as you want. I was like, I get anxiety listening to you try to make up words. To tiptoe around shit. Yeah. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> like, I, it's okay to say vaccination. She can't even say human trafficking. Human trafficking? No. Why really? can't you say human trafficking? Nothing. She can't say anything about the vaccine. You know, she she makes, can you say Hillary Clinton she human makes, trafficking? She makes like squirt noises. And then she's like, you hear that? That's like the noise I'm going to make for getting the jab. And I'm just like, oh my God. But a lot of it has to do with YouTube, which we don't have any part of. Yeah, you YouTube's know. a full. Wait, up. I'm surprised. She can't even say human trafficking when she's like on. That's online? her thing. She well, anything for right. them to, to I mean, like, use as an hell? excuse to get rid of her. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. she was she was calling it like the word she uses is traffs exploitation, and that. Wow. But any other word, she gets she's gotten a strike for it. If it doesn't flow, like I understand what she's doing because we do the same thing to an extent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like we'll call it George George Soros eye flaps. Right. Joke about it, like we make a joke about it. Like, how are you using these? Like, she she really tries to go out of her way to to do it, and it 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 it's very tough to do if you're not flowing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Your thought and what you're listening to, trying to figure out what the code word means, because uh, Natalie does amazing, amazing work, and uh, for sure, yes, she does. She's one of the the on um, one of the best at covering the human trafficking and what's going on down at the border and everything that she does. And her show is awesome. I'm a big fan of her. That's yeah, awesome. God, God bless her, man. She's doing amazing work. Yeah. She's awesome too. She's she's constant. She like she never takes a rest. It's like. No, she's She's a savage. I love Natalie. She's awesome. I can't wait for her documentary to come out. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really great. I didn't know she has, she has a documentary coming out. Yeah. the. Go ahead, Ron. Chris Cornell and Chester uh, Bennington. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. No way. Oh, wow. I'm excited now. Yeah. Awesome. She's, I can't. She's been working on it for a while, so I keep pestering her about it. I'm like, when is I this? I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> I need it now. Like a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Chris Cornell is one of my all-time favorites. I think he probably had the sweetest voice. And I know. Period. I know a lot of people who knew him, too, personally, man. They took it so hard. And they they said it was very, very suspicious, the circumstances. As most of them are when there are Illuminati killings happening. Mm-hmm. It's just so they just both hung themselves on the doorknob. Chester did it on, on Chris Cornell's birthday. and Oh. You know, the rumors circling around that they were involved in the documentary that they were involved in, you know. Too many coincidences, you know. Just, just coincidences. Right. Hey, James, let's get an update on from you before we get into the news. Obviously, your show is doing really well. You guys are crushing every week. Um, but the event you went to last weekend, the Patriot Double Down, we covered it a little bit on our show um, with Christina Bob when she was on. She was mm -hmm. actually pretty... Uh, Pretty excited to hear some of the guests that were there. I think we played audio from uh, Watkins and then Jim Caviezel on that day. But uh, let's t tell us about some of the experiences you had there overall. I know you you got a lot more content than we were able to find online. Yeah, it was well. So like people like Jim Caviezel made you put your phone on airplane mode, and uh, they didn't want any recordings. They're going to come out with the full stream, and I can't wait for that because I was so busy doing media and interviews that I didn't really get to see all the speakers that I wanted to see. I missed. 
them speaking, yeah. but I had the opportunity to speak with a lot of them and interview a lot of them. And uh, it was such a cool event. Uh, you know, QAnon John and his wife, Amy, I think her name is, uh, put it on with Yvonne and Dave and they're great, great people, true patriots. Um, and I, I, I told them and I, I said on our show, it was very odd to see some of the guests that were speaking. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of, of all the guests, but at the same time, uh, the event was was phenomenal. It brought a bunch of patriots together, like-minded individuals that were all fighting for the same thing at the end of the day. That's what we have to realize. We're all in the same fight. We're all fighting for the same thing. And, you know, if we're fighting each other and pointing fingers at each other, uh, it's only going to make fighting the enemy, the paid trolls, the paid shills, uh, that much difficult to, to fight. So the event was amazing. I got to interview people like Jim Watkins. I got to ask some really, really amazing questions about the boards. That's going to be dropping this week. It should be out today, actually, as soon as I'm done doing this interview with you guys. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, David Harris, Bernie Suarez from Truth and Art TV. Um, I got to speak with Jason Jones, the border correspondent for Newsmax. Uh, he's a really cool guy. Uh, he's doing unbelievable work down at the border as well. Um, you know, and so many, so many more, uh, it was such an awesome event and I can't wait to do their, their event, um, coming up in February. We'll probably be doing that in, in Las Vegas again. And we also have a major announcement coming about some future events that we're doing, uh, that we haven't let everybody know yet. So unfortunately I can't break it on your show, but, uh, we got some major, major news coming very soon. Nice. I think, I think hmm, we know what part great. of that is. I think uh, you guys might know what it is. Yeah. There, there's a few people that might know what that major announcement is, but it's it's coming soon. I got some people working on uh, uh, some some media to come out to launch it, and uh, we're really excited. I can't wait to to bring it to the audience and the people that we're working with. It's just going to be really, really fun and really exciting. So uh, I can't wait for that. And, uh, yeah, we're just constantly putting out content, man, kind of trying to cover the news, cover what's going on, just like you guys, spreading the truth. You know, we're- And you know how it is, like, even though – you know, you guys are right now broadcasting weekly. A lot of that has to do with the extensive amount of editing that goes into video. Us bi-weekly, we're just doing audio. But it's... Yeah. I'm glad I don't have to do video. Yeah. <laughs> Seven day a week job, period. Like, yeah. If you sleep too long or you work too much or you got family stuff going on, you miss a portion of the news cycle, you might just completely miss it. Yep. And it's yeah. almost impossible to keep up. We do the best jobs that we can. But well, here's uh, the thing. People don't realize, like, like you said, with the editing, the editing, it takes it takes me hours. Yeah. Um, this is not something that I enjoy doing. It's not something that I, I knew how to do prior to this. It's like I'm learning on the go. I'm on YouTube trying to figure it out. So that takes a lot of time. But it's not just the editing. We speak on the events that are happening. You do as well. And you can't it's not like we're just on on the Internet reposting other people's memes and reposting other people's tweets like we have to be able to have an, an intelligent conversation about the events that are going on and the amount of research and the amount of time that goes into that. People don't realize like it's it, it's way different than just scrolling through Twitter. And be like, ah, oh, it's a cool tweet repost, put my little banner on it. It's reposted and sharing it with the world. It's way different. And just that alone the amount of time and energy that goes into that, forget the editing and all the extra stuff, mm-hmm. just that alone, being, being able to have conversations about it, it, it. It's a lot of freaking work and people don't realize how much time and effort. And like you said, it is a full-time job 24 seven. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's almost a thankless job. You know uh, you know, it's not like any of us are getting paid or making any money off of this. We're doing this strictly because we, we believe in the message and believe in what's going on in the fight that we're fighting. Um, so 
I mean, I remember when I used to uh, do self tapes and uh, tape scenes for studios when I would um, get calls, you know, to be put on tape and I would be editing just a, a few scenes for like eight hours. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine like what well, you're doing, man. You guys are working full time jobs and very tough jobs. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not like it's not like you're you're just sitting around doing nothing on your spare time. You're 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 literally working your tails off and then still finding time to put out two, three shows a week. Like you guys are crushing it. Yeah. I fuck, sometimes I fuck sometimes it does edits used to take Nick like two days. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you got Noah because he's a he's a wizard at this stuff. He literally saved my life the night before, twelve thirty at night. I'm on the phone with him. I'm like, yo, dude, what do I do here? I know. I was like looking up stuff on offer up like in, in his neighborhood. Like, hey, this guy's got this fucking thing. It's kind of similar to the one we use. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Hey, listen, call this guy, wake him up. <laughs> like, like we joked about at the, at the top of the show, there is no customer support for, you know, podcasting and yeah. out of your yeah. house. So it's one of those things where if you don't take care of each other, you'll definitely see the product fall off over time. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, can you imagine trying to do something like this? Like before there was YouTube? No. Oh, forget like, about it. It's just like trying to like uh, travel across the United States, which I've done with a freaking road atlas instead of a GPS. Like yeah. I've done it. Funny. Like using MapQuest. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I still have a road atlas with MapQuest printouts in it from when I was playing music and traveling. Yeah. Nice. It's wild. So funny. I still have mine saved too from a long time ago. That's wild. That's yeah. Cool. It's like covered in gaff tape and spilled beer and <laughs> random shit. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's, it's worth every second of it though. I don't know about you guys. I, I love, the journey that we've been on and the people that we've been able to meet the networks that we've been able to grow. Like if we weren't doing this, we would have never had the opportunity to build the friendship that we have. Now we speak with each other on a regular basis, you know, off air when we're, when we're doing our own shows and it's truly a blessing. And I'm so, th that's what I'm most thankful for those relationships that I've built that I would have never had the opportunity to do. So if we did not take on this, this adventure that we're on. For sure. It's not, I mean, not everybody could do this, but you know, I really think that this has brought so many people together all over the world. It's from all over the world. I, I can't even count. I mean, at the beginning of all this, you know, when Trump won and all that, I lost a lot of friends, but I've gained some of the best friends I've ever had in my life. Like that are going to like, they're like family. They're more than friends. Well, I say, I say all the time, I, you know, I, I've kind of shifted my thought process on what Q was supposed to be. And I know you guys kind of dabble with, talking about Q on your show, but I think it was more to build the digital army, bring us all together to fight yeah, sure. in this information warfare that we're in together, rather than being a savior. It was really just there to present information um, and bring us all because there would be no digital army if there was no Q, I don't think. In my opinion, you know, look at all the people that took the oath and Enoch reposted millions of people all over the world. I, yeah, yeah, Q was the uniter to unite everybody under one thing, like to fight for your freedom, you know, and, and just, you know, under one collective group throughout the world. And then the rest is up to us. You know, he was the, the catalyst, I think. Yeah, it sure is. Um, get, getting ready to get started with the news. It is election day. If you're driving in your car and listening to this in the afternoon or the early evening on the East Coast, as you will be today, November 2nd. Uh, let's make sure you get out there and vote, especially in three of those pivotal battlegrounds that have come kind of to the forefront of the uh, of the election day season early on now. Uh, Virginia, New York City, and the state of New Jersey. Um, James, I know you're not a huge fan of the voting system currently, 
Um, oh. you, you do often refer to it as both fake and gay. Um, <laughs> what are your feelings about some of these races? I mean, New Jersey looks like it's going to be too close to call and, and until the polls close or, or way after, you know, uh, Curtis uh, Sliwa in, in New York City is, is going in down at a considerable margin of base about how bad things are there. It'd be kind of hard to comprehend him not even having a strong showing, which I think he is. And then in Virginia, that was an interesting race where it was nearly double digits a little more than a month ago, but some huge uh, things that have come out in that state in regards to vaccine mandates and, and critical race theory have put a Republican now looking to, to take that state for the first time in a long time. So I'm from New Jersey. It's where I grew up, born and raised, lived there a majority of my life. And all of my friends and family are still in New Jersey. So I have a lot of contacts back in that state. And there is lit- anybody you talk to, I say, hey, do you do you know anybody in your personal life that's voting for Phil Murphy? Not one person has said yes. Nobody is voting for this guy. Where have we heard that narrative before? Yeah, that's uh... yeah. You guys knew Salini and uh, hmm, Com- that's strange. Or Joe Biden. Yeah, or Joe Biden. You know, but you know, New Salini got more votes uh, the second time around than he did in 2016. Yet had 1.4 million recall signatures. Like, doesn't make sense. But again. Phil Murphy, nobody is voting for this guy. And this is what I told my mother because I asked her the same question. I was like, do you know anybody that's voting for Phil Murphy? She's like, no, everybody is vote. Everybody I know is voting against him because they can't stand this guy. And yet I, I, win. I, I told her, I said, I guarantee you he's going to win. I guarantee it. I will bet money that he's going to win because and this is what I said to you, Roan. Until we fix 2020, until we fix these, this election system, none of this matters. And yes, we do have to get out and vote. Unfortunately, we have to go out and vote in a rigged election because if we don't, it's going to be even more lopsided and we're going to have no room. Right. Like if it's close, like if it's a close race and we lose by a little bit, we'll be able to we'll be able to argue and, and try to force a recount. But if it's a blowout, then we're, we're screwed. We have nothing to stall oh, you. Even if even if you overturn a few votes it was a blowout it wasn't even close so why even bother so you still have to go out and vote and and show up it's very important that you do so but until we fix 2020 it's all fake and gay in my opinion it's all stupid none of it matters because we're gonna they're gonna rig every election that they want going forward until we fix it yeah you've really seen them in the last 30 days kind of back off virginia which i think slipped out of their hands well before a lot of this news that has kind of shifted the cycle has come out in regards to some of those things. I don't think it was ever a state that was going to be in play. I think the people there were extremely unhappy with the Biden administration, the increasing taxes, the mask and vaccine mandates for, you know, workers across the state in in addition to children. And then um, all the critical race theory stuff that's going on infused in the school that the parents are exposing. I I feel like they flipped kind of Virginia and, and focused more on New Jersey where I think, um, Citarelli probably had a better chance of winning than than Youngkin did in Virginia, but I just think they're going to make that their stop the steal state this election, where it's going to be too close to call, and then you're going to wind up seeing Phil Murphy maybe get over the hump with uh, mail-in ballots. But who knows? I, I don't. I mean, led the nursing home uh, death toll in New Jersey. He's got vaccine mandates ready to be issued the week after he's reelected yep. if it happens, and then. Of course, you have, um, you know, all the other stuff going on there with him. It's just absolutely ridiculous. The property taxes in New Jersey have surpassed California as the highest in the country. Oof. Why, one of the reasons, Phil Murphy was the reason why I left. When he got, so I'm, I'm a very big legalization advocate. Like I fight for legalization for marijuana very hard. I have been for many years. 
And when he ran the first time, he ran on a legalization platform. He's like, oh, I'm going to legalize marijuana in my first 100 days. And I kept telling everyone, I'm like, this is not the way. Like, this, do not turn around, run backwards. Like, do not vote this guy. And he got voted in strictly because of that platform that he was voting. He was going to legalize, which he didn't do. He did not follow through on that. It had to go through a, a, a vote that we we the people voted for. He didn't get it done. And it got done, right? Because I, I know I have family in, in New Jersey. They marijuana is legal there now right because people they they put it up for a vote he said he was going to do it the first hundred days he was in office he did not accomplish that and then we had to vote for it and i knew right off the bat and as soon as he got elected that was like all right i'm out of here i packed up and i i was like i'm getting i'm getting out of dodge and i dipped and i went out to las vegas um but he was the the final straw that broke the camel's back for me that lying dog face pony soldier i knew right off the bat he wasn't going to do it and he didn't it's fucking Carpet bagging piece of shit. He is. He is. He's not even from New Jersey. No, he's from, from Massachusetts. What the fuck? Yeah. Really? Which, yeah, which geographically no. and historically has been a sworn enemy all the way down to sports teams uh, of New Jersey. I don't know how he's ever been accepted there. It's it's not a joke. Yankees Red Sox is something that like a family will ask their children when they start dating someone. Like, what do their parents do for a living? How are their grades in school? What baseball team do they like? Like, that's the way it was growing up. It's so true, though. It's so true. I brought a girl over one time that was a Patriots fan, and we're fans in my house, and my father wouldn't let her in the house. Literally (laughs) would not let her in the house. It's like you're standing outside. Like, unless you take that jersey off, you're not coming in. Like, it's serious. I lived in Spain, and I have uh, friends in Spain, and their parents are the same with Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yes. It's yes, the yes. funniest thing ever. <laughs> they become like even people that are friends, like you'll have two best friends. One is for Barcelona, one is for Madrid. But on the day of their games, they cannot stand each other. And then until after, you know, a week passes, then they're fine. again. It's like liberals and, and conservatives. That's literally yeah, what it's like. Exactly. So really? funny. <laughs> yeah, we're about to see some interesting stuff. I don't know. I, I think we might have a surprise or two this election day today. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely hopeful for it. Not in the system. But in, in, in the uh, caliber of candidates that are running today, I think, mm-hmm. as we mentioned in, in Virginia, you know, Yunkin was um, he, he's come on to more of the uh, Patriot movement and he's enjoyed he's reaped a lot. of. Did you see that rally that he had last night? You, you Donald Trump was not there, but you could have easily mistaken it for one. Really? There, yeah, there, there was a sea of people where you could not see the back and he had Trump style backdrops all over the place with the Jumbotron and. Had some really good guests up there, and you know Donald Trump finally came out and endorsed him this week. He did a tele rally for him on Monday night uh, with a whole bunch of his large donors, saying that you know he he fully supports and endorses him, and I guarantee it's going to help today. And then in New Jersey, Citarelli I think is a solid candidate. He's definitely focused on the budgets, anti mandates, anti mass in school, anti critical race theory. Can't beat that. And then in New York, it's such an absolute fucking disaster. You've seen people like Mike Crispy was doing some live on the street uh, broadcasting last night in Manhattan. The garbage is half a story high, lining <laughs> lining miles of the streets. And he, he literally did like a minute and 30 piece walking pretty gingerly. And he did not come to being close to the end of this stream of garbage. Nope. New York is disgusting. It's one of the grossest cities in the world. Like I, I went to, well, I'm 20 minutes from Manhattan where mm-hmm. I grew up. So I used to go all the time and I tell people, I'm like, you do not go in the winter because no. it's freezing. the the wind is just ripping down. Yeah. The street. yeah. Know, it's, Buildings. It's like, insane. yeah, it's nice to do the Christmas, you know, touristy stuff, but in and out, in and out. But the summertime though, 
because they pile up these, there's, they're all 50 story walk-ups, every apartment they were mm-hmm. building in the early 1900s, 1800s. Yeah. There's no, no, elevator. <laughs> no garbage system. There's no dumpsters that could hold all that garbage. So they just pile it out in the streets and New York is superhuman in the summertime. Yep. So that hot trash just stinks up and it's literally taller than you are for miles for my, it's disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. That's why I lived there after so i when i moved to california i was like all right i'll do bi-coastal um new york la just because i started getting work out in new york too through my agency and i was like i cannot do this anymore this city is just not for me it literally like you said it stunk so bad i I would come home and my shoes were black it was disgusting yeah i'm going back to california i think fall is the best time i'm not that it's that much better but it's better than I, I I'm with you. Fall is the best time. You go to Central Park. The leaves are changing. Yeah. The weather's nice. It's 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 really really nice in the fall. But it's still gross. It's still disgusting. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you see these rats that are the size of Chihuahuas. Yeah, I mean yeah. upstate Westchester County. I'm all cool. Long Island, the Hamptons. Yeah, you know, I'm fine. But but as is yeah. the suburbs with most places outside of a large, you know, city like that, where you've seen over the past you know four years with De Blasio there. Uh, violent crime increased nearly 700%. Murder rate in- mm-hmm. increased over 300%. You now have so many different, uh, what is it, 26 or 30-something fire stations closed due to vaccine mandates now. And, mm-hmm. and police and fire and EMS all across the city have just been calling in sick for like the last week in, in a direct well, response to those mandates. 911 calls not being answered at all. Average wait time is over 60 minutes in New York City right now. Well, they had that uh, nationwide shutdown thing that was being uh, passed around. I think it's not tomorrow. Or maybe it is it's tomorrow. It's the third. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, definitely looking to see some some uh, good change. Like, I don't, I don't identify with a lot of Curtis Lewa's, uh politics, but after literally sacrificing his body for the safety and, and sanctity of New York for, for nearly 40 years, I think he at least deserves a shot and would be a, a, a pretty good change in the right direction in regards to what's been going on there for the last decade or more. More than a decade, dude. Yeah. Since Rudy. Since Rudy. Yeah. And Rudy cleaned up the city. He made, you know, I, what, what I hear about the seven, the 60s and 70s and 80s of New York City. Oh, it's the worst. I feel like it's like now. It's just like now. It ex- exactly, yeah. Crime, the, 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 how gross it is, how, you know, run down the cities, the graffiti, everything. Rudy really cleaned up the crime and the, and the city and, and actually made it a fun city to go visit again and uh, a good place to go. Now people are, are getting mugged and raped in the streets. And huh. New York, I always make the joke, like, if it's not directly affecting them, they don't care. Like, you ever see the, the video of the lady who's, like, dancing in the street? She's like, hey, I'm in New York. And the guy opens his window. Hey, lady, shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's how I used to grow. I grew up hearing. <laughs> yeah, but that's real. Like, you literally, people are getting sure. mugged in the alley. And, like, people are like, hey, shut up. Like, don't they don't care. Like, yeah. Crazy. Well, I, I grew up there in the 80s and 90s. That's exactly, like, the idea I had of New York when I was little. <laughs> how it was though it's like and that's how it is okay. now can you people be make bit- noise everybody was like opening the window shut the fuck up what the fuck yeah. can, can you get <laughs> raped a little bit quieter please i'm trying to sleep <laughs> well, that's why they say you should yell fire instead of rape because like fire actually affects oh, more people yeah that's actually a good good idea if i ever get raped in new york i'm gonna yell fire there you go um <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious all right sunday evening uh judge janine donald trump sat down with her for a fireside chat to talk about a veritable plethora of issues. Wow. Um, one of the ones that I think has come to the forefront 
I consider it a, kind of a distraction when it comes to national politics. This is something that should be being addressed at the uh, the city and the, and probably the county and state levels in regards to critical race theory. Um, all of the people who are making money off of it in the federal government, however, should be addressed at the national level. But when yes. it comes to school districts, it's so there's so many different unions and, and they have so many different lobby groups out there just to talk about it. Um, all of these politicians, it, it's never going to be enough. You're going to have to get school board members replaced, voted out, and then you're going to have to figure out what's going on and, and, and get it out of there. Um, Donald, Donald Trump did talk about the division that critical race theory is, is causing. And, and, and when he addresses it, he usually refers to it in the military as well, which has been damning up to this point. Let's kind of hear how they uh, touched on this a little bit in the beginning of the interview. Controversy that feeds into the Virginia gubernatorial race. But more important is the fact that we are now at a point in American history where parents are being referred to as domestic terrorists by the National School Board Association. They took it back after after the outrage. But you've got an attorney general, Merrick Garland, who's ready to deploy national law enforcement to supervise what's going on in local jurisdictions, which is a job for the sheriffs and the local police. And he is doubling down. We heard the hearings this week. I've been watching the school board hearings more closely than I ever have, to be honest. Right. And it's so interesting. Yeah, the parents is. are incensed. They're not terrorists. They're just people that are so upset. They're angry. They're hurt. They're crying because their children are being taught things that, in our opinion, in my opinion, in a vast majority of the people in this country's opinion, they don't want their children to hear about this stuff. They want to go back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. And they want to hear that black people are good. And they want to hear that white people are good. Yes. This is the division that's being caused by these programs are, are just terrible. The amazing part of this is the National School Board Association, who drafted this letter, um, ends up, uh, the administration promotes the head of that association, gives them a plum job. We now know that there was coordination between the Biden administration and the National School Board Association to get that letter to the attorney general so they could start going after parents. The saddest part of all this is that there was a young girl raped. The school board knew okay. about it. The superintendent that lied about it. And now we've got a gubernatorial race in Virginia. It will be a forecast to 2022, the midterms. How do you see Yunkin doing against McAuliffe? Next. And we'll get into we'll get into that narrative in a second. I want to touch on this a little bit more. Some of the, you know, backroom dealings. It, it was confirmed that that letter, which, which supposedly it came from the school boards, now originated from someone within the White House, a, a staffer there kind of wrote it and then sent it to these people and said, hey, you know, it's getting pretty fucking crazy in your school district. You guys are getting on national television. Now you have this whole rape scandal going on. We could probably make this go away if we can get some of these parents to shut up. Here's a letter, change it up a little bit and send it to the National School Board Association. And, and that's wound up, you know, once they pulled the, the rug out and turned the lights on, all the roaches kind of scattered and was like, I don't want anything to fucking do with this shit. And well, just, we heard this story before. Well, this is what they do. Yeah. The steel report. Uh, you know, they, they literally send in these documents that are drafted and put together by by them to have other people put out so they can shape the narrative the way that they want to shape it. Mm-hmm. it. It story as old as time. And um, I think that they awoken a beast. I really do. I think this is this is like J- J- uh, Jim Jordan said, the, this is the, the great awakening is just beginning. Yeah. Like, I think the one yeah, thing that the parents are like, no, 
no, like you pushed me too far. One, you know, it's one thing to tell us to wear a mask, but now you want to teach my kids what you want to teach my kids that white people are not, uh, are not good people. You want to teach this critical race theory. You want to allow transgender boys into the girls' bathroom and allow my kids to get raped and then, and then cover tra- it up, like and then cover it up. And then you want to you want to put out this thing that we're domestic terrorists. Like, no, now we're doubling down. Like, I I, I love it. I love the school boards. I love the mama bears. Yep. I love all of the people that are speaking out because enough is enough. And I think this is the thing that is bringing people this is a thing that's bringing a lot of people together oh yeah Um, you know they don't want to show how how large uh of crowds are showing up and how many parents are showing up for these these school board meetings they don't want to show the events that are happening with all these people showing out but i think this is one thing doesn't matter what side of the aisle that you're on we can all agree on this is wrong we should not be teaching our children this stuff like I think the school system needs to be totally re- revamped as a whole, but that's a whole other argument. This alone is just disgusting and terrible, and, and we should we should keep it out of our schools. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty funny that you mentioned that domestic terror thing because if we can all remember, just a few short weeks ago, file footage of that dad whose daughter was raped was being used as file footage on every single nightly news show, showing parents were going crazy at these meetings, and then the mm-hmm. whole narrative about why he got arrested came out. Not only was his daughter raped, but the perpetrator of that rape was quietly moved to another school where shortly thereafter he committed the same crime on another student. And, and they continued to cover it up because it would go against the um, Pride Month narrative that they were having district wide. And in addition to stuff like that going on, like James said, there's the implementation of critical race theory throughout the schools that we've had teachers uh, recruiting Antifa members in high school classrooms. We've had elementary school teachers taking down the American flag putting up the American or the pride flags and having their kids pledge allegiance to those. And, and, Trans flags too. <laughs> yeah. And the, the list just goes on and we've seen everybody's seen it on social media that listens to this show. Some of the graphic sexually explicit content that they're passing out to kids in elementary school that show like Antoinette brought up a couple weeks ago, kids blowing each other. Yes. And, yeah, and, telling them how to, and, and then they get mad at the parents when the parents are actually reading the actual books that they have available there. They, they tell the parents to shut up or like cut off their mic, but hello, like, why can't I read it when you're reading this to my fucking kids? Yeah. And when you look at the images that are on those books, like it's, it's no if, ands or buts. It's basically, yeah, it's like cartoon porn. That's what it is. I have a, we have a friend uh, of our, our other host, Nick, who's a teacher in New Jersey who literally sent us pictures of, of what they're sending the teachers to teach their kids. And they're teaching them about all different types of relationships. They're talking about guy and guy, girl and girl, trans and guy, trans and girl. The one relationship that they're not teaching these kids, guess what it is? Mm-hmm. Man and a woman. Wow. They're doing it purposely. They're literally like, imagine, I don't have kids. And this is one of the reasons why I don't have kids because everything that's going on, you guys have kids. Me as an outsider looking in, I can only imagine if I was one of those parents, like if I was the father whose daughter got raped because of the policies mm-hmm. that are put in the school, I'd be in jail. I'd be I'd be in jail. I would be like, no doubt. Like if that was my kid, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even go there. I would handle whoever the fuck I needed to handle. I mean, come on now. These people I are still like, you're, you're are you kidding me? Because of the decisions that you made and the policies that you're you're allowing to happen. This happened to my daughter under your watch. Like I send my kids to school to learn. 
to, to fucking uh, kid too. So that just tells you how evil these fucking people are. And our entire system has been infiltrated by communists and Satanists. It's disgusting. Yeah. Play the long game. They're very good at it. Mm-hmm. No, we we know George Soros. I flaps has you know people on the payroll down to the school superintendents yeah. uh, and the school board. So when we're playing against something like that, you know it's it's just an uphill battle. But this is how we fight back. We the people hold the power. Then we are the majority. We are the news. We are the majority. No matter what they tell us, and it's it's finally happening. I have so much hope. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy to see people standing up, and then and the courage is contagious too. Because, you know, the word is getting out now, like what's really going on, because, you know, we are, we are alternate news. We're the news now. We're getting the word, word out on Telegram, you know, via other means. And people are able to bypass, you know, we're able to bypass the media and people are seeing the truth. Mm-hmm. And they're finally, finally, you know, getting together wow. and, and rising up. Anymore. Less yeah, than a million viewers on every CNN program. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and unprecedented just a few uh, short months ago, it just came across. The wire that the Tea Party issued a statement today in regards to this narrative that we're talking about now, saying how the parents across the country are number one, not going to stop, and have just added themselves as another pillar to the base, which is the patriotic movement across this country right now. So it's pretty interesting that we're literally talking about it in this news. Comes out that the Tea Party issued a statement regarding it, um, just came across right now. So that we're we're, we're definitely hitting the narrative uh, on the vein, and we're definitely tapped into what you know a lot of these parents across the country, myself included. I mean, my kids are dog whistle trained. They hear certain things at school in regards to it. They know to come home and tell me. You know, now don't make a big deal at school. Don't say my dad said we can't learn this. But you start hearing some things at school in regards to like Black Lives Matter, that all that transgender stuff, critical race theory, like where where you're valued any less of a human because of who you are or what you look like. You come home and tell me immediately. Awesome. Yeah, my kid, my kids in a private Catholic school. And we know everyone that's, you know, in charge there for the most part. So I'm not so worried, but she knows as well if anything kind of. Yeah, Catholic. I went to Catholic school too. You got to be careful with Catholic schools these days. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But this one is for, you know, and I've grew up in that area too. uh, And with all the parents of the students. So they're, they're on it as well. Like they won't fuck with the parents and like all that weird shit. Thank God. But we'll see. You never know. but. I think Donald Trump said it best. We need to be teaching kids that black people are good, that white people are good. We need to be teaching people that hu- humans are, are, are good. Like 100%. you look at like we had Tino Sanchez on last week mm-hmm. uh, and he's a comedian out here, but, and we wanted to talk about all the happenings, but because of the news of what Dr. Fauci was doing, we wanted to talk about something good and the good things that he's doing with, with animals and dogs. Like there's so many good people in this world that they don't highlight the news never talks about. They only talk about the negative. They stir up the fear and and the hate and the division. It's all they care about rather than talking. About, there's so many good stories to talk about that are going on that they could be covering. They refuse to. I actually went and uh, re-upped my um, animal organs and sardine stocks for my pets after listening to that episode so fast we get into. I mean, I, I meal prep for my dogs. They eat, you know, protein, fresh vegetables, Usually awesome. a brown rice or something like that as well. But um, there's some other things that they need to be eating just to keep them like extra good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was one of your uh, guys best shows in regards to things that aren't on the topic. I mean, you guys are usually hitting it on, you know, all the stuff that's going on. But when when some shows deviate, sometimes I could listen, sometimes I can't. And then I was like, oh, man, they're going to be talking about dogs. And then I start you start getting into like care and diet. And I was like, OK, that was a pretty freaking awesome episode. I think it's like it, that was not what we wanted to talk about on the show, but it kind of just went that way because yeah. you know, there was such a spotlight on the evil 
that's going on and it's disgusting. And you know, what boggles as, as much of a dog lover that I am, uh, it's, it's crazy how, what gets people all riled up, how it's the dogs, not the orphan children in New York. Like no one cares about the orphan children in New York, which people should, they care more about the dogs. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what, what gets people to wake up and realize that these people are evil. They're, yeah. they're finally realizing it. But I thought it was important to highlight that, um, there's, there's really good people out in this world that, you know, actually care about animals, actually care about other human beings. And it's not all this evil that the media makes it put out that seem to be, because that's what they want us to do. They want us to think the world is scary and we're, it's terrifying and we shouldn't be, we should just stay in our house and do nothing, <laughs> watch the news and consume. Yeah. She did talk about, uh, getting back to judge Janine. She did talk about something that's relevant today. Trump's endorsement of Glenn Youngkin and how things have changed. Like we said, he was not, an America first MAGA candidate in initially running. He would just ran as a moderate conservative, but now seem to have taken away from, from some of the reaping the rewards of what happens when you get close to Donald Trump and, and you know, the real people who are, who are shifting the uh, narrative in the Republican party. Let's kind of hear how he said that, what, uh, you know, all kind of came to be. Country. I, I think he should win. I mean, he should win. I'll be honest. My base has to turn out. Mm. If my base turns out, he's going to win. And I hope they turn out. I really want them to turn out. It's interesting, don't you think, that they are now referring to Yunkin as a Trump acolyte, using you as a way to get the Democrats to come out and vote. Well, I think it backfires because I think that gets the base to come out and vote by doing that, mm -hmm. by hooking me with him mm -hmm. as much. And I know him a little bit, but I really know him as a, a good person. Mm -hmm. You know, the last person that ran as a Republican did not embrace Trump in Virginia. Right. He got killed. He was just absolutely <clears throat> destroyed. And I think if my base doesn't come out, he can't win. Do you see I think my base has to come out very strongly. Do you see yourself as a kingpin for elections going forward? Well, Something has happened, and this is not from an egotistical standpoint. Yeah. It's a great honor because it's never question. happened before to anybody. If I endorse somebody, they win. If I endorse somebody, they win. I think I'm 148 and two. That's a pretty good number. You endorsed Yunkin. And I did endorse Yunkin. And we're going to see. I hope it's not going to be three. <laughs> okay. Do you understand that? Yeah. So kind of what we I mean, talked about already, but yeah. uh, I mean, it's definitely it's like, one of those things. His, his track record speaks for him for itself in regards to endorsements. Well, I, what, what makes me a little nervous ab about that, um, you know, cause he's right. He, 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 when he endorses people, they usually win. But what makes me nervous is that the enemy knows that as well. And they're going to put in place the people that they want. They're going to take advantage of the, the Trump train and use that hype to get their guy elected. Cause we know how many rhinos and how yeah. many people are involved and how sleepers work. Um, so it, it, because it's so obvious now that if Trump endorses you, you're going to win. I feel like the enemy is not just going to sit back and take that. Yeah, like, oh, okay, well, if that's what works, then we're going to get our guy to get Trump endorsed. So, um, you know, I, I don't think he's just endorsing anybody, uh, Donald Trump. Um, but again, then you look at our Supreme Court, you look at what's going on over there, um, you know, and every move that he makes is very calculated, in my opinion. I don't think he does it willy nilly. Yeah, of course. But it, 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 it does raise an eyebrow to, the, to what the enemy is doing, in my opinion. And, and something that has raised the eyebrow on an overwhelming majority of his base since day one was Trump's stance on the vaccine. Mm 
Um, we, we've heard the narrative change a little bit over the last couple of months, especially since that incident down in Alabama where when he started to talk about it, he was booed. Um, he's definitely kind of moved away from pushing it as much as he was and now just saying, you know, certain things in regards to that. It's never something that we, we like to hear him really talk about. Understandably so, the Operation Warp Speed, the getting out of lockdown, um, and, and things we might not know about all kind of contribute to that. But when it comes to the actual vaccine, well, it's just a narrative that, that we haven't been able to get behind. But like you already had said, James, all of his moves are calculated and we, we may not know what's going on behind the scenes. Well, really think about like, I, I have a very strong take on the vaccine situation and I'm with you. I don't like that he was promoting it heavy. Like he was really out here saying to get it like everybody should get it. But he always, always followed it up with, but we should have a choice. Exactly. You know, never say it should be mandated. He was always against that. He always used some key words that uh, were very important to me when he would push it. But you have to realize the Trump administration had to be the administration to put out the vaccine because yes. they wanted lockdown forever. And if Joey ba- Bag of Donuts was the administration that did it, it would immediately been mandated, FDA approved and, and pushed through. We would have had no fight in the battle. But because Donald Trump did it through emergency use authorization, they couldn't mandate it. And now they're trying to use loop uh, workarounds. So they're getting businesses and organizations to do it for them, a.k.a. fascism, rather than the government actually doing it. Yeah. So uh, and again, He's the administration that put it out. We now know that VAERS is only p- reporting 1% of the adverse cases and deaths. It says it on the bottom of their website and also from Project Veritas's whistleblower that we saw, w- w- which was amazing, that they're not reporting all the adverse effects. We know this is 100% fact. We already know that on VAERS, there's 15,000 deaths attributed to this vaccine. And if that's only 1%, imagine how many people are really dying. Now, if Donald Trump were to come out and say, anything against the vaccine oh yeah anything. it's a bad thing you shouldn't do it the media is immediately going to spin it and say donald trump created this vaccine that's killing everybody and they're not just going to take the one percent that's on VAERS, the fifteen thousand. they're all of a sudden going to find all the numbers and be like oh look at all the people that died from this vaccine that donald trump made and uh he's killing america and that's immediately what the media is going to do so he 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 can't speak poorly or badly about this jab whatsoever and if he and uh he had to put it out because otherwise we'd be still stuck in a lockdown and it, the the we'd have no leg to stand on as far as these mandates go uh going forward um so it, it it's tough to listen to it's it's hard it sucks but i i truly believe that there's a reason behind it and uh yeah. that's the reason why that's the only other reason i can think of you know, i think there's definitely a reason but um I think that the most of his base knows, you know, not to get the vaccine and we're doing, and he's, he's bought us so much more time too, with it being under EUA, we can get the word out to people, you know, before we wouldn't have had any choice, it would would have been automatically mandated or we would have been under lockdown till 2025. God knows how long, in my opinion, he's saved millions of more lives by doing it the way that he did buying us more time. Because imagine this, if the, if, if the country stayed locked down for as long as they were planning, because they weren't planning on getting a vaccine out that quick, you made them rush to do it. We, I mean, the entire country would have fallen. 300 million plus people. Would have they wanted to do. They wanted to destroy the world economy and, and go That's to right. world government. That was part of their plan. It threw a huge wrench in what they're doing. This is why it, they have to make up all these different variants and all these things to continue to push their narrative as to why people are getting it. And you look at what the media is saying, they're constantly saying, oh, you know, 60%, 70% is, is got the jab and, and juiced. 
And I'm yeah. like, you got look at your poll numbers that you put out in the past. Ninety four percent that Hillary. I don't any of it. And you talk to the people that you know. Yes, a lot of people I know got the jab. I know a decent amount of people that got it. But I would say there's more people that I know that didn't get it than yep. did. And there's more people that I know that won't get it than actually did. Um, I, I I really lean that way, and and maybe that's because of my circle of friends and the people that I know. But it's even outside of my circle of friends, it's friends of friends and acquaintances that are like, nah, I'm never doing it. They're not doing it, and they're standing they're standing the ground. You see it across the country: the firefighters, the police officers, the ferry workers, the pilots. Like people are standing the ground. If there was a, if there was seventy percent of the nation that got the jab, like they're trying to tell us. There wouldn't be this many people standing up. And it's people that are going to lose a lot too. It's not just people that are like, you know, I work at a grocery store and I don't get to bag groceries anymore. It's like people that make like legit money doing their jobs and getting fired from that job will basically fuck them for the rest of their lives. That's the most important part of it though, because those are jobs that you can't just replace on Craigslist. Those are jobs that you can't just put an ad in on on Indeed. Like, hey, we're hiring pilots. Hey, we're hiring police officers. Hey, we're hiring nurses and doctors. You can't just do that. If you lose those guys, it's going to be very difficult for you to field enough employees that you can actually run a business. You're going to be screwed. You're going to be backed backed into a corner. You're going to have to be like, all right, well, I can't do the jab. I have to allow these people to work. And it's going to destroy their narrative. They're fucked. And I think that's why what's happening right now is so important. It's so huge that there are these huge jobs. Because like you said, if it was a grocery store worker or just like a cashier or someone working at, at JCPenney, oh, just get, hire somebody else real quick that's willing to get the jab. No problem. You can't replace those jobs. Mm-mm. Let me add one more thing. I don't know you guys, if you're familiar, I'm, I'm sure Rowan and Noah is, but you know George News? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we know obviously they're insiders. They've told us twice, basically alluding to the fact that the vaccine that's that Biden is administering now that, you know, that he has been given to people is not the same vaccine that Trump intended on having released to the people. Well, I don't that comes out that they knowingly switched out the vaccine. I think about that. So. I, you guys, like I have, have watched pretty much every Trump rally since like 2018, correct? Yeah. Oh, since the beginning. Right. So this is what I think is happening because Donald Trump has said a few things at every single Trump rally that tie right into this story. So Dr. Fauci, we know, is Dr. Death. He was the AIDS doctor. Yep. He was the one who... New Mengele. Modern yeah, New Mengele. Literally in charge of AIDS and they use the same narrow PCR, the whole thing. Okay. Now, because of Dr. Fauci's emails, which we know are 100% his emails, mm-hmm. one of the emails says how the virus was created. And the first line is HIV and COVID SARS-2. That's literally the first line of the email that they're using HIV. Yep. To create a vaccine, you have to use the virus to build the antibodies. So they're now injecting people with HIV. Okay. Yeah. HIV is not something that you, you don't die from HIV. You usually die from pneumonia or some other ailment because HIV weakens your immune system so much, right? So this is why people, granted, yes, people are are dying, but this is why people aren't dropping dead at crazy, crazy numbers. Like you're not seeing people drop dead in the streets. Um, They want to weaken our immune system. I think this year is going to be, this winter is going to be very rough for a lot of people because they're going to have that weakened immune system. But now here's how Donald Trump ties in. At Trump's rallies, every single one since 2018, he has said two things. We're going to have cures for major diseases coming up. One yeah. being AIDS, which should have been started years ago. And cancer. And childhood cancer. Yep. Yep. Okay. 
Now, what if that cure that he's working on is something that's going to correlate with the people that took the jab once we find out how disgustingly evil this was and what their true agenda was? If yeah. like, you know, here's the cure for AIDS and HIV. Here's, create- the, here's the cure for your vaccine. Exactly. Well, HCQ well, and ivermectin have been showed to cure certain cancers and um, put HIV into remission. Yes, absolutely. But I just find it fascinating that we know that Fauci's connected to HIV. His emails state that that has HIV in the virus. To create a vaccine, you need to use the virus. So they're now injecting people with HIV. And for years, Donald Trump has said, well, we have a cure for it. It should have been started years years ago, but I got it going. Like, I I don't think that's a coincidence. And you can't really prove it's in there because you can't isolate HIV anyway, right? Nope. And they've never isolated HIV. Obviously, they've never isolated COVID. And HIV does not cause AIDS. And these are from act. This is this information is from actual epidemiologists and virologists that worked with Luke Montagne, the, the you know the guy that won the Nobel Peace Prize that discovered HIV, along with um he even said himself it's you can cure HIV, but they always suppress it. They will never play this anywhere. Um, yeah, and they've said it's it doesn't it doesn't cause AIDS and all the shit that happened you know during the AIDS epidemic was all because of Fauci killing people with AZT faulty PCR tests, giving false positives, the yep. same one they're using for COVID. I yep. think that this is ex- going to expose the entire, it already is, the pharmaceutical industry, Fa- uh, Fauci. This, yeah. is, this is the beginning of the end, you know? And well, I it's, do it's think- It's really interesting that they have things coming out like that uh, that new series, Dope Sick, mm-hmm. with Michael yeah. Keaton. Did you see it? It's a really good show, but- Great show, they're exposing everything. I love it. It really? shows how the uh, OxyContin was basically just peddled by the FDA and this, and they Purdue were in, in bed with Big Pharma, basically. So Purdue Pharma got this special FDA approval saying that a different label is not addictive. And it was the first time that they ever gave this FDA approval. And as soon as they gave that FDA approval, the person at the FDA who gave it to gave that approval immediately started working for D- Purdue Pharma. Again, another coincidence. Yeah. And then we found out that they were literally paying for all the pain assessment stuff that you see at, at, at events. They were showing the relationships between the doctors and the sales reps. And the one thing that I found most fascinating in the show was because we now know how addictive Oxycontin is. We've oh, seen yeah. the, the damage that this drug has done and it's disgusting. At first, they were saying it's not addictive, and very quickly, people were taking it and getting addicted to it. So how Purdue Pharma explained away the people that were getting addicted to it was they, they made were up a new term. They were experiencing breakthrough pain. Yeah. They were experiencing the way that they're, oh, let's just prescribe more for this breakthrough pain. They're doing the same thing with the jabs. Oh, people are getting breakthrough cases. First time ever, vaccines are getting breakthrough cases. And, oh, let's just give them another jab. Double up. Make more money. And that's the the weird thing, thing, the timing for that, though. It's like how Mm -hmm. we know that media companies and the people that produce this stuff are generally not on our side. So is this just cinematic conditioning to just have people not be surprised that I think so. That every everything's fucked. Like I mean, well, like, look at oh, the advertisements yeah. about ki- childhood um, kids having strokes and heart attacks now. Oh, coincidentally, with all these yeah, how to how to see the uh, results or not the, uh, the the warning signs of a stroke in children. Yeah, I mean, when did you ever hear or see that in your life? Never, ever. Or, or adding heart attack suppression additives to uh, the vaccine what, that's going to be coming out. That were, 
what network is this dope sick on? Because I haven't seen Hulu. it yet. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Oh, well, is it? Okay. It's really good. It. It's so good. It's five episodes so far, and it is really good. Like, I didn't know. Did you know that the, 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 the pic? Did you see the part about the pictures with the faces that came from Purdue Pharma for pain assessment? Have you uh, seen that part yet? Oh, the little uh, frowny face, the smiley face. Like, I've, I've seen that before. Yeah. That yeah. Purdue Pharma pays for that. Yeah. They, so the doctors know how much Oxycontin to prescribe you, depending on what your pain level is. Perfect. Like, that's crazy. Is that like a pain scale thingy yeah. where yeah. they have doctor's yeah. offices? Yeah. yeah, that's that one with the faces on it. Yeah, I've seen that in a doctor's office. And I'm doctor's like, office. It's paid for by Purdue Pharma, so the doctors know how much cotton to pay, give you. Like yeah. that's how this whole thing is. But I think it's, I think you're 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 spot on, Noah. I think it is a, a giant red pill, and the timing of it is is very interesting. And I, I don't know about you guys. Do you feel a shift in what's going on and, and the awakening that's happening right now? Because I do big time. I yeah, think totally. it's a major shift yeah. in the mm-hmm. process. Well, oh, I, I've said it before, but it's like you still have people that they'll literally spout off for 10 minutes about like what the CIA, CIA did addicting, you know, minority groups to drugs and smuggling drugs in with airplanes and stuff like that. And then they're like, oh, but the government's not doing anything bad now. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Like in the I same breath, know. they're just like, yeah, but everything's fine now. What about the poppy fields in Afghanistan? Oh. <laughs> well, there's our first one. Of the yep, day. There it is. Let's hear if that narrative on the vaccines and whether or not he feels that they should be mandatory has changed since his last rally when he talked about it with Judge Neen over the weekend. And now what we've got are, you know, we're talking about vaccinating kids who were five years old to 12 years old and then forcing them to continue to wear masks. Um, Our heroes are being fired. They're losing their jobs. Are you sorry you didn't fire Anthony Fauci? Well, it's not because of him they're losing their job. It's because of some bad policies that are being made by the Biden administration. But look, if you look at my relationship with Fauci, first of all, he's been there like for 40 years. So yeah. you walk in and, you know, he goes, hi, my name's Tony. Oh, great. Hi, Tony. How you doing? <laughs> but everything he told me to, you know, suggested that we do, I didn't do. I went the opposite. He wanted to keep China I- open. I closed it to China. We would have lost. Fauci wanted to keep China open? Oh, yeah, for a long time. And he actually said President Trump saved thousands and thousands of lives. I was the only one. I was sitting in a room with many, many people. I said, we have to close it to China. I then closed it to Europe because I saw what was going on in Europe. And we saved thousands of lives. And what I did do, and we want freedom, and we want all of this, and this was a great achievement, though, worldwide, because I think you would have had a 1917, like the Spanish flu, where 100 million and maybe 100 million people right. died. I got the vaccine done, three vaccines right. in less than nine months. They said it was going to take five years and it probably wouldn't get done. I got them done and they do work and they're great. I'm very proud of them. But people shouldn't be forced to take. I think he kind of purposely stays away from Dr. Fauci because he's going to wind up hanging himself anyway. Hopefully literally but figuratively as the narrative continues to not look so good for him um, it seems like there's an animal he hasn't tested on well until until fauci has to start rolling over on people pulling the strings for him then he's gonna he'll be epstein mm. you don't think it's fascinating that donald trump somehow always finds a way to put these people that need to have a spotlight on them in the spotlight yep like no one knew who dr fauci was before the china virus china. um but uh, <laughs> you, no one had any idea. They they had no clue, and now everybody know he's a household name. And now everybody with the dogs are like, "Yo, this guy's evil." 
Like this is disgusting. And, and the monkeys it, and the babies and the rats. With now people scouts. are digging into the, you know, the AIDS epidemic, how he was a part of it. All these other things that, you know, get memory hold where people don't even, I mean, even the, like the young generation don't really know shit about this stuff. What if the rats yeah. with human scalps get let out in New York and start taking over the trash piles <laughs> and starting their own civilizations? How we start getting rid of the trash piles. Yeah. Master Splinter has a hairy back. <laughs> and a mullet. And a mullet. Yeah, a baby mullet. Oh my God. It's terrible. It's so disgusting what they're doing. Like, for what reason? There's no reason to do any of those experiments that they were doing. Yeah, I, I don't, I couldn't understand it. Like, it's really sad because the babies have to be, like, you know, very far along, right, with the, with the scalp thing. Like, what was the point of, of fusing their scalps onto the back of, like, of lab rats. What I is the point for any of those experiments that they're talking about oh, coming out? Of course, out? with the dogs too. I couldn't believe it. it's or, just disgusting. Or the monkeys. They have a giant dartboard of really fucked up things that they could do and use our taxpayer. They're like, all right, well, we have a limited amount of tax dollars that we could use. Let's just throw a dart at the dartboard and see what experiment it tells us to do and how fucked up we can get. Or like one of those, one of those little circles with the arrow that spins and it's like, okay, yeah. monkeys. Okay. Acid, acid in their brains. Oh. And then they're like, come on, come on, come on. Oh, spiders. Yes, let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's really like that. It's so true. Because it's like there's no there's no mental gymnastics that anybody can do to explain a reason to do any of those things. There's nothing. 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 And and, I mean, and, and your mind know. doesn't go to anything good either. You're like, well, it's like monkeys are similar to humans. Like, are they doing like crazy fucking CIA mind control shit? Like trying to like make like chemical weapons about they yeah. debarked them how sick are these people like these poor little defenseless doggos and i think this might be the reason why people are more upset about the dogs is you know for the most part us us the adults at least have a choice we can choose to to play along with their narrative and the evil that they're doing these doggos they don't have a choice they were literally just forced into this situation and yeah, because uh, do we know the reason why he was like, what was the purpose of him experimenting the way he was he was on those dogs? There isn't one. There isn't. Right. So no. this is what we know that uh, of so far. Imagine what we don't know, which is pretty scary. Seriously. Imagine what we don't know. Like, you know what else we don't know? Mm. But but is a number that I would say it's probably the most accurate number to date. Uh, the amount of people who have crossed the southwest border this oh. year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Judge Janine brings up the fact that. It's reported that 1.7 million people have already crossed the border and have been let into the United States this year. And not just Hispanics. Wait, let in? Let in. Already. Donald Trump gave, gave it a pretty eyebrow-raising number, which he feels is more accurate. Mm. And you're not going to be happy with this one. Country. Mm. Well, and, and the saddest part of it is they're here. And if it's 1.7 million that we've counted, you can, I, I imagine it's just as many who got through it who were runaways. You can multiply times seven. Wow. I don't know if you know that number. So if they have 1.7, they say you multiply times seven. That's the number that come in unchecked, totally unchecked. Really? To get away. And the other thing, so you're talking about, you're talking about tens of millions of people over a relatively short period of time. Over a two-year period of time, 
we would have more than 10 million people coming into our country. Our country can never be the same. Right. Our country is changed already. Do you have a plan to go to the border to boost morale there? Well, I've gone to the border many times. I mean, I don't... Are you going again? Well, I just got back. I was there recently. But are you going again? Uh, I saw what Biden said. He was there sometime, but he yeah, wasn't there. Yeah, 2008, but he, he, was, yeah. he wasn't there. I don't yeah, think... He, he doesn't out. have time. No, I've been to the border many times. I don't think it helps for me at this moment to go. I'm not the president. He's the president. He's got to go to the border. The Border Patrol the people point. are incredible, okay? When I was there a few months ago, I was there like three months ago, they're so incredible. ICE people, so, and they're tough people. They have to be tough they people. They have to be. They You're love right. our country. You know, they really want to do their job. That's the amazing thing. It would be easier if they didn't. They want to do their job. They're tough people, but they're great patriots, and they're being treated with tremendous disrespect. I agree with him. Our, our Border Patrol, great patriots, great people. Yeah, they, def- they definitely are. Uh, they've been put in a really tough spot for the last 10 plus months right now, but you know, they're holding the line the best they can. I think that those numbers though are, I mean, we always hear, you know, well, 1.7 got in. It's probably like 3 million that got away. He's talking about seven times, right? Well, think about this. How many, for how many years were they trying to, this is what they told us that I can remember at least six, seven years. There's only 11 million illegals in the United States only. I mean, I don't, I'm like, yeah, right, my ass. Oh, yeah, so how, So we're now giving our tax dollars. So if that number is correct, 9 million people, each family uh, is getting a, a million dollars or 450 per person uh-huh. illegally. How much of our tax dollars is that ridiculous amount? And, you know, veterans and people that die in, in the war don't even get that kind of money. Um, it's It's crazy. And what they're doing is they're, they're doubling down like the cartels are running a tight ship. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're making that's a that's a multi hundred billion dollar annual billion business profit. Yeah. So I was talking to Jason Jones, the border correspondent from Newsmax, and he was talking about the debt slavery that they have going on and yeah. how our how our government is actively helping the cartels spread their wings and get all over the country by shipping these illegal immigrants all over the country with with their flights because by the time they get over the border he's like they're in a safe house within 30 seconds yep. by the time the border patrol gets there there's no one there they can't find anybody and they all have color-coded wristbands to know how much the money that they owe because none of them could like even the people in mexico it's like two grand he's like they can't pay that they get shipped all over the country and all of a sudden the cartels to co- comes comes to collect their check every week and that now their their spread is literally in every state all over the country because of our federal government shipping them in planes like commercial airlines it's crazy no yeah. jabs and that, no jabs are required and now our border patrols have to get jabs and or lose their jobs yeah or lose their jobs it's disgusting it's absolutely just it's it's ass backwards and no one in the media cares to even bring this up no one wants to talk about it why is that yeah i've been i've been quoting and, and commenting on every single prominent lawmaker that always posts about how unconstitutional it is for the jabs. I was like, you're literally six days away from a third of the federal workforce and the military possibly getting fired over not getting this. Stop fucking tweeting and go fucking do something about it. I can't stand the lip service from, from the Rhino Republicans. I think Rand Paul, Ron Johnson, and maybe Marsha Blackburn have been the only people to actually physically do something in regards to pushing back legislation or helping with that court injunction that went in late last week. Besides those three... Nothing from any of our elected politicians in D.C. Uh, they, they don't do anything. They just tell us what we want to hear. Oh, yeah. Like we're, we're, we're 
great. That's that's amazing. But no, no action behind it. It's it's sad. We're out on an island. We have no representation in, in our in our government anymore. I truly believe that. Yeah. This is not Democrat versus Republican. This is good versus evil, and they're all on the side of evil. Yeah. And you know what, what was pretty good, though? The grade that Donald Trump gave Joe Biden over the first 10 months of his occupation of the White House when Judge Jeanine <laughs> asked him if you had to give a letter grade for that, what would it be? Listen to this. <laughs> Biden administration, it would be crisis. There's the energy crisis, the supply chain crisis, the COVID crisis. If you look back on the last 10 months of the Biden administration, what grade would you give them? Well, it's probably the worst presidency in history. I can't imagine. I used to say Jimmy Carter, uh, not a big fan of Bush getting us into the Middle East, to be honest with you. I think this is, though, the worst in the history of our country. If you look at Afghanistan and that horrible thing that happened to our nation with these young people being killed and by the way so badly injured we have over 20 no arms no legs nobody ever talks about them and then to leave 85 billion dollars worth of the best military equipment brand new much of it brand new better than what we have right out of the box and, and they didn't explode it they didn't blow it up like they said yeah they did a couple of old planes that were not very valuable no I think that was the worst. And I'll tell you what, it's getting to be pretty close. What's happening on the border is one of the great embarrassments for our country. Also. Well, so we'll talk about those individually. But what grade would you give the Biden administration? <laughs> I think you have to say an F and not an F plus. It would be an F. It's a failed administration. It's a disaster. I've never seen anything like it. And by the way, I wish you'd do well. You know, I love the country more than I love anything Family, God, country, you know, we have to take care of our country. Uh, I would love to see him do well. I don't think there's ever been a greater embarrassment as an administration. And we had everything ready to go. It was we handed him on a plate, whether it was the border or Afghanistan. We were getting out, but we were going to get out with great dignity and strength. I'm, I wonder how hard it was, because that was like I believe it was a, a 60 minute interview they aired about close to 40 minutes of it. How hard for was it for Trump to sit there and not talk about the election being rigged and stolen mm. because he was on oh, Fox yeah. News? So <laughs> he'll do it in a drive-by comment, but he won't do it on something that's pre-recorded that they're going to edit because he knows they're just not going to air it. Yeah, it's pointless to talk about it. Yeah, why waste? And maybe he did. You never know. Yeah. Well, she talks about it all the time, and, and she gets suspended for a week whenever she does. So she always has a guest host come in. They'll wheel out. Kimberly Guilfoyle or somebody to sit in for her for a week while she's taking her saying the election was rigged and stolen. Your time on the beach. Yeah. I already, I already saw today that uh, Martha McGallum and uh, Brett Baer have been tagged in so many tweets from, from prominent other news people and, and even politicians saying, you know, stay the fuck away from Virginia in regards to calling the race today. Yeah. Cause they're going to call it yeah. five minutes after it's over and call it for the Democrats. It's it's just it, it's, it's so obvious, like the fact that we're memeing about this and the memes are becoming pop culture yeah. uh, just goes to show the state that we're in right now. Yeah, like, you, people, you have actual politicians like in the halls of Congress and in the House of Representatives saying, let's go, Brandon, before mm -hmm. they yield back their time. That's not something that's like people on the Internet shitposting. Those are elected officials in Washington, D.C. You have governors and attorney generals doing it within their own states. Um, you saw it this weekend. Donald Trump attended the Braves game. They came back and, and they beat the Astros in, in that game where Donald Trump participated in the Tomahawk chop. <laughs> Thought it was Love pretty it. good. Yeah, I loved it. And then, uh, you know, th there are some videos of them saying, let's go, Brandon. And 
Donald Trump's sitting there. He's trying not to pay attention. Then he looks down at the people doing it and starts laughing. Like, how are you not going to laugh? Then he gives him a nod. Like, yeah, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> and while they're saying, fuck Joe Biden. Um, I thought, oh, and then now they're trying to say that that's like uh, basically threatening the president and the Secret Service needs to look into it. Yeah, ask Robert De Niro about that. They brought the guy with looked like cerebral palsy he had in the wheelchair, and his name was Brandon. And Joe Biden's like sitting there interviewing the guy, and and at the end he's like, "Yeah, let's go, Brandon!" Like cheering this guy on. So now they're trying to make it seem like we're making fun of a disabled guy, even though the 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 only reason that "Let's Go Brandon" exists is because the media tried to cover up the "Fuck Joe Biden" chant. They're like, "Oh, they're chanting Let's Go Brandon," and we're like, "All right, cool, let's use that. Perfect." (laughs) What about them? um, Whoever there are so many people tweeting it on the left about uh, Trump doing that tomahawk chop. That, like saying that he was fucking doing the sig hal like hail or hitler yeah the nazi salute oh what a joke the nazi salute <laughs> that, the braves are still a team They're, they haven't been they haven't been guardianed like the cleveland indians right you know Donald I, Trump. I, go ahead i still said they should have changed the name to the, the cleveland caucasians and brought back chief oahu and made him a white guy that would have been perfect no not at all I would have liked it. Donald Trump did issue a statement following his busy weekend and yesterday before uh, the start of midterm election season, and he referenced the seven deadly hoaxes. Have you heard about these, Noah? I don't think so. We've referenced several of them in the show, but he actually put them together for us in a nice little format. I'm going to read it for you. Um, and, And he's talking about everybody obviously saw Joe Biden. It's the most important meeting in the history of meetings, the the C-26. Yeah. He fell asleep yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I saw that video. And had to get woken up by a handler, to which he got very agitated and and kind of shooed him away after he... Yeah, like, you don't need to wake me up. I'm fine. Yeah, don't you know who I am? But, uh... You wake me up if you you see shit pouring down my leg. That's it. I was like, shit. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Even (laughs) Joe Biden couldn't stand hearing so much about the global warming hoax, (laughs) the seven biggest hoax in America, followed closely behind... The 2020 presidential election scam, (laughs) Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax, volume one, impeachment hoax, volume two, and of course, no collusion, finding of the Mueller report. Biden went to Europe saying global warming is the highest priority and then promptly fell asleep for the world to see at the conference itself. Nobody that has true enthusiasm and belief in a subject will ever fall asleep for that. What's hilarious is they all took private airlines. Four hundred people to, plus people took private airlines to this climate change event. Four hundred different uh, vessels. Yeah, yeah. this climate change. Oh, you event. don't want to fucking carpool at least? Come so, on. Can, can you carpool all to Scotland? Super yachts out. Super yachts out that just cut, consume fuel like no other. We, we, like, we've we've seen the people. Uh, they get out of the car in the middle of like an open. You know, uh, they're walking into the buildings and are in front of the foyer and stuff. And as as soon as they get out of the car, they put on a mask. And then as soon as they walk into the building to fist bump or bump elbows, they take their mask Which is completely backwards and idiotic. I mean, not that this isn't already, but... But they know they they know they're on camera the whole time. They they know that the whole world is seeing them do this. Like, what's the fucking point? They look you, so you, retarded. Boris Johnson do it. He took like a big photo, like with a group of people. They and put the masks on as soon as the cameras were gone. Yep, it was off. They all took them off in unison. I imagine imagine they really believed in what they were 
pushing and peddling to the people about climate change. These are some of the wealthiest people in the world. Instead of taking these private jets and all the money that they spent to get these private jets to Europe, which was, you know, millions of dollars between all of them. Yeah, get your ass on a sailboat, motherfucker. Yeah. Why, why don't, why don't climate change is like a, it's a code word for something else. Why don't you take that money and, and, and task somebody to make a plane that could fly without using the fuel, like an electric plane or, you know, you have all of this money and resources. Why not actually put your money where your mouth is instead of virtue signaling at this fucking conference and saying, oh, climate change is the number one. And why do they all have to be there? Why don't you just do like a Zoom meeting or something? Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. They're just flexing. Like, hey, I'm rich. I'm taking a private jet to a climate change meeting. Um, fuck climate change, but this is going to make me money. Yep, exactly. All under the guise of climate change, but God knows what they're talking about behind the scenes, you know? Shaping what society is supposed to be. That's what these meetings are. Mm-hmm. Or how to control the world. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, James, before we wrap with you, why don't you remind all of our listening audience where we can... Uh, Find everything, We the People, radio, podcast, etc. Yeah, you can find us at WPRUSA.com. Uh, that's our website. Um, and all of our podcasts are on Apple, Rumble, Google Podcasts, Podbean. They did, did, did not allow us on Spotify like you guys, unfortunately. So and they took us off. Yeah, those bastards. Cucks. Maybe if you change your name to like Stakes for We the People Radio. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then did a then did four minute intro every week, you would be able to beat some of those algorithms that we seem to beat up. Our, our intro is just short and sweet. You can't handle the truth. That's yeah. <laughs> and if you'd like to hear more of that, definitely check out their website. If if you're more of a visual learner, like he said on Rumble. And then James, as always, thanks for stepping in with us today and uh coming to share some time with us on Steak for Breakfast Podcast. Appreciate you guys having me on. It's always a blast uh, hanging out with you and talking some shit about all the happenings. Look forward to doing it again soon. We'll sure do that. Yeah. Take care. Well, it's good to have James on. Always good to hear his voice and and get some insight from him, see what's going on with their show. It's cool that they were able to participate in that event and have some coming up moving forward um, that they're getting ready to announce to their listenership. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, uh, hearing some more voices from the community that, that kind of know what's going on always makes the show that much better. Uh, yeah, we, we had some international events that started over the weekend. Um, we're not going to get into Shartgate yet, <laughs> but we're going to get there. Not yet? No. We need to talk about how we see a little bit of shift at the top levels. Shit. Shift. <laughs> In Europe. Um, as the elites try to hang on for dear life to the COVID narrative. Okay, we've, we had some M- MEPs, members of the uh, European Parliament, break rank this week ahead of the G20 summit and speak out against a lot of the things that are going on in regards to the, uh, to the COVID narrative. I want to play some of this. We have um, Christian Therez from, I believe he's from Romania. He was one of the speakers there in addition to Christine Anderson, who a lot more people know. Uh, let's let's get a little bit of this insight from this audio and, and and how you know they're kind of pushing back on some of the the higher elites in the European Union right now in regards to the covid narrative. Now, we were elected by the people. That's what the treaty says. But we should not forget that we are elected here for the people. We should have the best interests of people in mind because that is the reason why they elected us here in the European Parliament. All these leaders of the European Parliament, 
They like to praise themselves. Every time when they go in a press conference to say that this is the most democratic institution of the European Union, the question to them is, is really so? Have you told these people in the parliament, when you decided to strip their fundamental rights, why you have done it? You see, we have all these treaties, as my colleague said, that no medical treatment should be imposed on you unless you decide about it freely and under informed consent. Now, clearly what they do right now to condition the access in the parliament to have this green certificate is violating this freedom of people to choose what do they want to be back vaccinated with or tested with. But there's the other aspect. And the question that I address not only to you in the parliament, but to every European citizen to ask your own government, were you properly informed about what is going on? So that's kind of, I do have a little bit more from him. I'm going to play it back to back because it's only about 30 more seconds, how he kind of wrapped that up. And fully transparent. So we all know what is going on. The difference between tyranny and democracy. Hmm. Yeah. It's very simple. When the government knows everything about you, that's tyranny. Yep. I know how it is to live in tyranny. When you know everything about your government, that's democracy. Yeah. I like it. So that Powerful. was good. Yeah, and just so our listening audience knows, because obviously it's saying members of the European Parliament, they, they're the equivalent of like an international senator for the European Union. That's what they would be. Yeah. And they are elected to office. They run campaigns similar to that in the United States and in countries in Europe. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that uh, you need to keep in mind. So that's what, that's what their value is. Um, to this conversation. They're, they're like senators for the European Union. And then, of course, you had following him up was Christine Anderson. Um, she's extremely based. She's been talking out against the COVID narrative from day one, and she's really been on it as one of the voices. It's just now, and probably because they were having a global summit, that they're getting more people to speak up and join her kind of in the ranks. Let's hear how she kind of brought this home in, in before the G G20 started that renders a system oppressive. It is always the methods by which the goal is pursued. Whenever a government claims to have the people's interest at heart, you need to think again. In the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite sincerely concerned about the well-being of regular people. What makes any of us think that it is different now? If the Age of Enlightenment has brought forth anything, then certainly this. Never take anything any government tells you at face value. Always question everything any government does or does not do. Always look for ulterior motives and always ask, cui bono, who benefits? Whenever a political elite pushes an agenda this hard and resorts to extortion and manipulation to get their way, you can almost always be sure your benefit is definitely not what they had at heart. Oh. As far 
as I'm concerned, I will not be vaccinated with anything that has not been properly vetted and tested and has shown no sound scientific evidence that the benefits outweigh the disease itself and possible long-term side effects, which to this day we don't know anything about. Facts. I will not be reduced to a mere guinea pig by getting vaccinated with an experimental drug. And I will most assuredly not get vaccinated because my government tells me to and promises in return I will be granted freedom. Let's be clear about one thing. No one grants me freedom, for I am a free person. So I dare the European Commission and the German government Throw me in jail, lock me up and throw away the key for all I care. But you will never be able to coerce me into being vaccinated if I, the free citizen that I am, choose not to be vaccinated. Now, Antoinette, I know you probably heard her make a soft reference to the, she talked about the uh, Great Awakening when she mentioned like uh, a reemergence of the Enlightenment period. Yeah, the Age of Enlightenment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I think Christine Anderson has quickly become Noah's favorite Euro. She's amazing. So was the guy. I don't know his name, but the previous guy, the Romanian Christian um, Therese. It's T E R H E S. Probably pronouncing oh, amazing. it wrong. I was not expecting that. And he was built big like bear. Romania is based strong like bull. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they completely um, no ban vaccination a while ago? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did. So but, Romania and Poland and a lot of those countries, they, they're pretty based in general, to be fair. It was, it was good to hear some of their top um, elected officials come before the, the G20 started and talked about that. Now, whether or not Noah's going to admit if Christine Anderson is his favorite Euro, who now is his... I know a lot of Euros, though, so it's kind of hard. ...favorite turned red-pilled late-night host... Bill Maher. Yeah, I like him. He was back on it this weekend talking about how uh, the whole narrative of, of natural immunity not even being factored into the equation was complete and utter bullshit. And uh, right when he started talking, the guy who had some connection to either the NIH or the CDC, he was like in the middle of, you know, paraphrasing some bullshit narrative from Dr. Fauci was like, mm. Just went quiet. Oh, yeah. Just absolute panic. Yeah. So it, it was a pretty good clip, and I think it's one that we all need to hear. Let's check it out. World, we're ready to be done with this, but we're not done until the world is safe, and we're not safe as except, a world until the world's vaccinated. Except the, <clears throat> the world recognizes natural immunity. We don't, because everything in this country has to go through the pharmaceutical companies. Natural immunity is the best kind of immunity. We shouldn't fire people who have natural immunity because they don't get the vaccine. We should hire them. Yes? If someone <laughs> tests as having antibodies. Well, sure. okay, but, but oh. you know, people who've had it, I've had it. Right. You know, I, I mean, I shouldn't be tested anymore. I had and the if vaccine. If someone's I got willing the... to be a fireman, if someone's willing to be a policeman, if someone's willing to go into a burning building mm -hmm. and says, I'm just not that afraid of COVID and I don't want to take the vaccine. That should be enough. He shouldn't be losing his job. He shouldn't be furloughed without pay. The guy that saves lives because he doesn't want to take a vaccine. It's ridiculous. And just a little messaging. I mean, I see it all the time. I saw it driving in today. People outside alone walking with a mask. It's so stupid. 
it's 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 an amulet. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. Some, a charm people a wear around neck yes. to ward away evil exactly. spirits. It means so nothing. Like, I mean, can't we get people to understand <laughs> the facts more? I mean, listen to this. Um, for unvaccinated hospitalization risk, unvaccinated, 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Unvaccinated? Uh, no, I don't have that. Hospitalization rate for the vaccinated is actually 0.01%, and the rate for the unvaccinated is 0.89%. So in both cases, the correct answer is less than 1%. They thought it was over 50. How do people, especially of one party, get such a bad idea? It's only CNN. It's only a 49% difference. Fauci? The death ticker? The, The death ticker. Oh... Antoinette, what do you think? Bill Maher continues to be, you know, he, he's he's just one of those people who is absolutely fed up with this whole narrative. He wants to move on to regular life again, and I, I yeah. think that's why he pretty much speaks out. You know, he wasn't, a, he's not a COVID denier. Uh, he did take the vaccination, but at the same time, it's one of those things where he's just I'm over like, it. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think he's a scumbag piece of shit. With yeah. that said, I really appreciate him being logical and sensical and and really saying it for what it is i mean they can't really roast him so i guess it's it's easier for him to say these these things than other people yeah they'll be hard pressed to cancel him yeah exactly so i still think it's a great thing that he's saying it because it it might snap a few people out of the bullshit you know i'm pretty sure hbo doesn't want to pay out that 50 million contract for him either i think he's signed through (laughs) 2023 as well got him he ain't going anywhere soon um yeah as earlier mentioned, one of the only three elected officials in Washington, D.C. actually doing anything in regards to COVID, Rand Paul, um, mm-hmm. was talking about some of the impending chaos regarding the COVID narrative. I do want to play a little bit of that so we can kind of, uh, you know, hear an update from Mr. John Deere himself. I think that the mandate in all likelihood will be struck down by the courts. There are a bunch of court cases going. A lot of businesses are joining these court cases. The more businesses that support and join the court cases, the better chance we have of actually succeeding. People need to realize also how crazy it is to tell essential workers that we're going to fire you. So if a third of the doctors quit, a third of the nurses quit, a third of the pilots quit, a third of the uh, people, the air traffic controllers quit, a third of the meat packers quit, These are realistic numbers. We are going to have chaos. There won't be any food on the shelves. There won't be fresh meat. There won't be fresh vegetables. All the things that we expect to have at our beck and call in the grocery store, they may just dry up if we all of a sudden are telling all of these essential workers you can't come to work. It's also incredibly insulting. If you were a doctor or a nurse or anybody working in a hospital, they risk their lives to take care of us. They showed up every day for work when there's no certain cure for COVID. We have treatment, but no certain cure. And there was no vaccine for most of the time they worked. Many of them got the disease. They survived and they have immunity now. And we're going to tell them, oh, you're just yesterday's trash. and We no longer want you. I think it's just despicable. But you know who I blame the most? Dr. Fauci. Mm. It all comes downhill. It all flows downhill from him. The advice that he gives is being taken by hospital presidents and CEOs across the country. 
And I think they're, um, as a, it's a great disservice to our workers and our frontline responders that we're firing them. And I hope people will rise up, push back, and let them know, look, this is America. This isn't Soviet Russia. Let, let's allow people the freedom to make their own choice. You think, no, he called out your best bud. I'd like <laughs> to have some freedom. Could I have some He's freedom, please? Hard. Remember freedom? Please, sir. Can you spare some freedom? It was like 2019 was just two years ago. Yeah, so weird. What do you think about the, that commentary from Mr. Uh, Rand Paul Antoinette? Was he wrong? No. Um, you know what? And I think he's he's got a personal vendetta against Fauci. I don't, I mean, for well, everyone. everyone should. Yeah, for everyone. But because of what the media and everyone did to him, because of what he was saying, you know, with the Fauci um, Senate, you know, in Congress, you know, I think, you know, he kind of got vindicated for everything that he said. So he's like, this motherfucker's going down. Yeah. I, I reposted a video this morning and it was of five guys who they, they weren't anybody special, but Dr. Fauci was going to join them in like a zoom conference call. And every single one of them looked like the NPC character from like the soy boy video. Oh, and like they were all playing. like super excited about it and being like all girly. Yeah. Glasses and neck beards. And, 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 no, but when he joined the chat, he was like, hello, boys. And they all <laughs> waved with their hand and was like, hi, Dr. Fauci. At the same oh time, my God. I wanted to run my head into a corner of a, of, of a sharp desk corner. Mm. It was bad. Remember that one kid that was like singing? Yes, the, the Dr. Fauci song. That made me want to literally just stab my ears and eyes I, and everything out. I could not believe what out. the hell I was seeing. <laughs> they, somebody should like... Uh, redo that song but just be a, make it about torturing animals nice. oh, <laughs> you know who doesn't torture animals? bring me some beagles stop it <laughs> that's even worse i'm sure answer that i know you have at least seen it, the i'm a pfizer girl oh well, yeah that's a pretty bad the one what? i'm a pfizer girl they oh, do that, like, that crazy lady like with yeah the, oh my mm. god the stuff that they've done to push this narrative, I hope no deals <laughs> for any of them hopefully they can remix that one and just show a picture of her tombstone <laughs> These right. people are crazy, though. Like, how do you get to, like, oh, literally, you know, liberalism is a fucking mental disorder. I don't care what anybody says. Well, I'm glad that you said that because, you know, who touched on that exact narrative of how we got to this point to we are literally at the threshold of what 1930s in Germany was like. Robbie Kennedy Jr. Um, he talked about it this weekend about this tyranny that's been happening from all of this. And, and it also seems like. You know, there's nothing that can stop it from coming. Let's let's hear what he had to say when he talked, you know, about exactly what Antoinette was just referencing. My father told me when I was a child, people in authority lie. And we all, if we are going to continue to live in a democracy, we need to understand that people in authority lie. People in authority will abuse every power that we relinquish to them. And right now we are giving them the power to micromanage every bit of our lives 24 hours a day. They're going to know where we are. They're going to know the money that we spend. They're going to have access to our children. They're going to have the right to f compel unwanted medical interventions on us. We, you know, the Nazis did that in the camps. In World War II, they tested vaccines on gypsies and Jews. And the world was so horrified after the war, we signed the Nuremberg Charter. 
And we all pledge when we do that. We would never again impose unwanted medical interventions on human beings without informed consent. And yet in two years, all of that conviction has suddenly disappeared. And people are walking around in mass where the science has not been explained to them. They are, they are doing what they're told. They are these, these government agencies are orchestrating obedience. It is not democratic. It's not the product of democracy. It's the product of a pharmaceutical-driven biosecurity agenda that will enslave the entire human race and plunge us into a dystopian nightmare where the apocalyptical forces of ignorance and greed will be running our lives and ruining our children and destroying all the dreams and dignity that we hope to give to our children. It's not just a, it's not just some crazy guy's narrative. Nope. He's pleading for people to wake up, you know, like we're at that point right now, like it's do or die. We're very close. We're very close. I mean, it's, I, I see people, you know, rising up everywhere. People are really stepping up, but we need to accelerate that. Yeah. But you see it, but everybody's not seeing it because everything else is being suppressed. Like for, Somebody who's living their little NPC life of just doing what they're supposed to and mm-hmm. watching whatever the, what is it, the corporate media has to say. Like, they have no idea what's going on. As far as they're concerned, I agree. the unvaccinated are murderers and everybody who's not vaccinated should be fired and ostracized by society and their lives ruined because... They're killing everyone. It's Definitely. a fucking joke. I mean, it, it's crazy. And it's it's really fucked up. But I do have hope. I'm optimistic. Obviously, we're we're in a war, unconventional war, you know, and um, I think obviously we're in the majority, but there's still so many people that are blind. And it's unfortunate, but I, I really feel like the majority of us that are awake are going to be helping save their ass, you know, and maybe one day they'll thank us. But yeah, and it's the cracks. It's the cracks in the structure, like Bill Maher, for instance. Like mm-hmm. those are, those are the cracks in the matrix that are going to let people see what's actually going on. It's not going to be the Rand Pauls, exactly. no. Yeah, that, that's what I was just going to say too. You stole stole the thought from right out of my head. Stole it. Um, honestly, it's people like that that are really going to, you know, get people interested and be like, "Huh, wait a minute," you know. That's why I was really shocked when he said that. I was like, well, this is really good, you know? Yeah, true story. Um, the Build Back Crappier Tour went global this weekend as President Biden made trips to the bathroom. <laughs> we're going to get to that in a minute. Stop. You're rushing it. Okay, everybody knows we're going to talk about it, but we got to frame it. To Rome first to meet the Pope of the Vatican before traveling now to where he's in Scotland um, for the C26. We had the G21 first in, in Rome. There was a uh, inconsistency due to the nine other world leaders who visited the Pope this year. Um, in contrast to Joe Biden's visit, it seemed like the nine previous other visitors to the Vatican had half of their visit publicized and open to the press. And mm-hmm. 
no meeting lasted behind closed doors with the president or with the Pope for more than 29 minutes. Ooh. Joe Biden's time behind closed doors got to 75 minutes mm. and there was no press available. In addition, there was a uniform change from a blue tie or blue suit with white shirt and tie uh, when he got there for the initial pictures. And then an hour and a half later, he appeared in an all black suit. Kind of interesting. Oh, I didn't know that they did. They actually change him because I didn't catch that. They, they, the Pope took pictures with him in both suits at the Vatican. There. It wasn't just like uh, shadowing and color. No. It's an actual different suit. Yes. And I'll, I'll forward you the tweet. Speaking of which, the tweet that started it all came from Amy Tarkanian, um, an independent journalist who was covering. And she said, an inside <laughs> source and the word around Rome is that Biden's meeting with the Pope was so unusually long because Biden had of a bit of a, I'm quoting now, bathroom accident at the Vatican. And it had... <laughs> really? And it had to be addressed prior to him leaving. I know we joke often about this, but this is the actual rumor going around Rome right now. I thought Antoinette was choking on a drink. That's no, terrible. I was like, where is that coming from? And I hope it didn't sound like that. Oh, oh my God. So now we had trending on Twitter over the weekend. Poopgate. <laughs> Shart week. And I can't remember what the third one was, but it yeah, it it was just you gotta visualize this whole thing. <laughs> Listen, I have a toddler, so when they have when he's had explosive poo, it's gone up his back outside of his diaper, and I'm wondering if that was the situation with Biden and his depends because he has to be wearing some sort of adult like he can't because it would show no, that, you'd be able to tell of, in the pictures. That's one of the issues when when they had the Secret Service leak between the events he attended to between the hurricanes in New Jersey and 9-11, the whole issue with him changing his clothes all the time is because he refuses to wear the diapers because he's convinced that they'll be able to see it through his clothes. Are you serious? Yes. This fucking guy is worried about the depends, but he's not worried about shitting himself. <laughs> not. What's, what's a little squirt between friends? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, it, it's unbelievable. Like, I wonder what the left thinks about this, honestly. The like, left thinks? Oh. Like, no, obviously, but like, what do they have to say about it? Oh, it's, you know, poor guy. You know, he's old. Well, um, you know what? He did speak at a few of these events, and it was incoherent from start to finish. First of all, at the wrap of the G20, where he didn't get to... uh <laughs> really talk about anything with consistency he did make sure he blamed some of the people who are responsible for fueling our economy uh before he left after appearing 20 minutes late misquoting a quote from Mussolini and then telling everybody they had to hold up the whole event because they were playing in the elevator I heard that I heard a bit of that playing in the elevator that's what he said yeah well like he was like jumping up when it like was leaving <laughs> So here's him before the end of the G20 complaining about China, Saudi Arabia, and Russia. Many of our supply chains are almost entirely owned and operated by the private sector. But government can play a key role identifying supply chain risks and bringing the different pieces and actors together to address these vulnerabilities. 
In the United States, my administration has focused on this from our earliest days of the administration, which is not that long ago, just January 20th of this year. Thanks for the reminder, Jerkoff. Um, <laughs> as, as he did mention, two out of three of those were, were no-shows, most notably China and Russia. Russia just isn't invited to these events anymore. And China sent a letter um, that they would not participate be participating in either one of these events, the, the G20 and the C26, uh, because yeah. they don't care. And, yeah. and and they got a lot of stuff going on in regards to what they're doing in their country right now, like trying to take over the world. Pollution. Yeah, and a lot of pollution. <clears throat> um, so hopped on the jet, jet set over to Scotland, made it. Um, was pretty funny. Didn't have too much from this one because, again, he's, he's just not talking. He's not allowing any access to the media. He was harassed by uh, Peter Ducey, who was in the press pool. Peter Ducey was going up in the escalator. Joe Biden was coming down. And Peter Ducey asked him about the $450,000 for individuals who were, you know, separated at the whatever border thing, the payment they want yeah. to give to the illegals. And Joe Biden looked extremely confused. And then, like, looked over his shoulder to ask one of his aides probably what he was talking about because he has no idea. The policies aren't coming from him. Um, And and the reason this whole administration is a disaster right now is because they put the worst, they could have put literally anybody who could be coherent and and their plan would be going so much better. But it's like every single Mm -hmm. move that they made has been a disaster. And then when you go to hold somebody responsible for it, and it's the guy literally shitting his pants (laughs) in the holiest site for all Catholics across the globe. um, It's kind of hard to to figure out what the whole thing is. So it's like it's scripted. I swear. It's like a, it's like a, very long SNL skit slash movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. He, so, so like Donald Trump referenced, and we read from in, in his press brief the other day, Joe Biden fell asleep at the beginning of this event, but they were able to wake him up and probably inject him with something to have half a coherent statement. Here's part of it. We meet with the eyes of history upon us and the profound questions before us. It's simple. Will we act? Will we do what is necessary? Will we seize the enormous opportunity before us, or will we condemn future generations to suffer? This is the decade that will determine the answer, this decade. The science is clear. We only have a brief window left before us to raise our ambitions and to raise to meet the task that's rapidly narrowing. This is a decisive decade in which we have an opportunity to prove ourselves. We can keep the goal of (laughs) limiting global warming to just 1.5 degrees Celsius within our reach if we come together. If we commit to doing our part of each of our nations with determination and with ambition, that's what COP26 is all about. Glasgow must be the kickoff of a decade, a decade of ambition and innovation to preserve our shared future. Kind of boring mm. and incoherent, but but not awful. I mean, he was able to read from the teleprompter there. But don't worry, no. He only had some spacing issues that one at the end. There, there were some of our favorites as, as he finished off talking there. There was whispering. If you take a look at what, what economy is growing, the United States oh is growing. And... He outed one of his family members. Listen to this. This is breaking news that happened over the course of our show. Pretty interesting. Um, Jen Epstein, Wall Street Journal. I mean, excuse me. I beg your pardon. Bloomberg. 
I hope I, 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 <laughs> I got it. I got it. Thank you. Especially since my granddaughter works for you guys uh, in a different oh. circumstance. So I, I got it. I'm in trouble. Well, I'm gonna. Yeah, he knew it as soon as he fucking said that. He shouldn't have been saying that. Wait, who for who? Uh, his his granddaughter works for Bloomberg. Oh yeah 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 yeah! Wow, what a retard, dude. Yeah, he certainly is. Um, there there were some concerning things there though. I did it though. From other a little bit more con- coherent world leaders, I wouldn't exactly call him in a position of power, but he definitely is behind some of the blood work that goes on behind the scenes. Prince Charles mm. talked about not only the great global reset, but how to push economic and medically related stuff onto the people of not only Europe but the rest of the world. No, you're gonna like this one. It involves guns the military so ladies and gentlemen my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required we know this will take trillions not billions of dollars billions we also know that countries many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt simply cannot afford to go green. Well, that's going to be us because we're getting burned Here with Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. Oh, there it is. With trillions at its disposal, oh. far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. So the government, so the government's going to be bankrupt. So they're going to have private groups funding a military force, funding the military. So that's basically privatized military, like the UN, like the blue helmet sort of thing. While this was going on, things weren't looking good at home, as even Chuck Todd couldn't spin it this weekend. Mm. They took a poll of almost three thousand registered voters across the demographics of political affiliation. And the numbers they got and showed on Sunday probably are way worse. Uh, I'm going to, I bet a lot of money on it than the ones that they actually showed on MSNBC. But I was blown away that this was even allowed to air because it's a pre recorded <laughs> show. No, I don't know if you've heard these numbers, but you're going to be laughing after this piece. It's filled with some scary news for the Democrats. The overarching message, Americans have lost their confidence in President Biden and their hmm. optimism for the country. I believe At it. Least they have right now. Just 22% of adults say we're headed in the right direction. A shocking 71% say we're on the wrong track. And that includes a near majority of Democrats who are saying that. President Biden's approval rating stands at a dismal 42% versus 54% who disapprove. Believe it or not, just two months ago, Mr. Biden was in positive territory. 49% approving, 48% disapproving. So what's pulling down the president's numbers? Well, look at this set of numbers. Just 37% say he has the ability right now to handle a crisis versus nearly a majority who say he does not. 37% also say he's competent and effective as president. 50% disagree with that description. What's more, Republicans, believe it or not, have double-digit leads in dealing with border security, inflation, crime, national security, the economy, and shockingly on getting things Getting things done was that last one. Yeah. As they just had to throw it in there. Like that's even a real uh-huh. stat. Um, you know, for sure, for sure, we know that they fuck with the numbers all the time. Guaranteed, it's a lot, lot worse than that. I'm shocked too. They they said all that and showed that, but we know it's a lot, it's a lot worse. And well, they, they have to use, they have to use the negative press. I mean, 
all publicity is publicity. And right. when they're not getting any viewers, they have to make something to to get people to watch and click. And it's like if they're going to have an article about Biden's uh, approval rating being in the shitter. Wah, wah, people are going to watch. They're going to. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to click on it. And it's, yeah. it's monetized web based advertising that they're they're That's the new thing. It's like nobody's buying the actual physical newspaper anymore. Well, legacy media is dying too. <clears throat> Nobody's watching anymore and they're realizing they're in big trouble. So they better start, you know, kind of reporting. Oh no, it's way too late for them. Yeah, they're done. Well, obviously, but you know what I mean? They don't know that. They're hoping. You know who doesn't edit their news, but mm-hmm. usually reports right down the middle on what's going on, especially with things like the G26 and and the C20 going on this weekend. Um, Sky News. We, we, we've heard them a couple months ago absolutely mock Joe Biden in, in an hilarious skit that they did on their channel. And after covering his press events in Rome and Scotland, this morning did a news report on their morning show, and they've just fucking absolutely had it with what they've had to watch and cover over the last three days. <laughs> Here we go. This is going to be our best clip of the day right here, I think. And of what in God's name is Joe Biden trying to say? No little expression, time is money. As one computer said, if you're on the train and they say Portal Bridge, you know you better make other plans. Uh, let's let's go over what he just said there. Let's just not ignore that. Let's go over it. As one computer said, if you're on the train and they say Portal Bridge, you know you better make other plans. <laughs> I've got nothing. Is he okay, talking about interdimensional travel? To one side <laughs> and see confirmed. what else the president said this week. In fact, we're taking a page from Terry's book when he was governor and when he'd be governor next time. Huh? We're emerging from this pandemic. We want to expand peak pre-K for three and four-year-olds. Millions of pre-K. Oh, my God. This man needs a retirement home. And, and a warm bowl of soup. soup. Not access to the nuclear codes. <laughs> when he's not making a fool of himself misreading auto cues, Biden is making utterly incomprehensible decisions. I thought That's she was going to say shit the US. <laughs> Today we learned that the Biden administration is planning to offer around $450,000 a person in compensation to illegal immigrants separated after crossing the border illegally. The U.S. Department of Justice, Homeland Security and Health and Human Services are considering payments that could amount to around a million dollars a family, though the final number could shift. The people familiar with the matter told the Wall Street Journal. Of course, the Biden administration has completely lost control of the southern border with more than 200,000 illegal immigrants encountered crossing a month. And that's the ones encountered. So what's the president's response to this catastrophe? Let's have a listen again. No little expression. Time is money. As one computer said, (laughs) if you're on the train and they say Portal Bridge, you know you better make other plans. I just love that we're not the only people calling it out. Like, they're they're a pretty big news organization over there and and broadcasting throughout Europe, and I think it's pretty awesome that they're... Literally, Australia media, yeah. They uh, 
there are, there are a couple based like reporters, like journalists in, in Aussie media, and they totally like rip one into Biden. I showed Noah after that first one, which was the last one that they played also, she threw it up on like a, a graphic screen. <laughs> so, so the listening audience not only could hear her make fun of it, but see, as he said it, what was populating in the... <laughs> like, I, I understand he probably meant to say commuter, but it said computer. Right. What's a portal bridge? A port... Uh, I've seen one of those in Rick and that, Morty. Yeah. Remember how they used to say Trump was a laughing stock of the world? <laughs> Who's Lisa laughing can, now? Lisa can make up a sentence and actually finish <laughs> oh, a thought. I think it's... I like think can, they're realizing <laughs> he can over finish a thought. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Well, That's, what yeah. do you guys think? We got a pretty big week coming up. We're going to get election day results in just a few hours here. The Kyle Rittenhouse yeah. trial has started and it's looking really bad for the state and their case against them. Yeah. There was some mm -hmm. newly released evidence today that is pretty damning showing how. I mean, he, if there you really need any more evidence than no. watching the freaking videos, like give me a goddamn break. Not it's, at all. It, this and is he's so mistreated too. This it's is video like, that the FBI has been holding for 14 months and had it. It came from one of the helicopters that were deployed that day. Get out. Yeah. And, and it shows that there were not only shots fired before the incident happened in his general direction, but people who were on the ground, they have like a split screen of it who were following behind him and chasing him. were talking about causing him physical bodily harm. Holy shit. Well, yeah, wow. no shit. You have a vi violent mob of looters and rioters running around. <laughs> yeah, and then some little white kid. And he was there, like, it, everything. This is, like, should be, like, a open and shut case, like, in his favor. Well, it would like, be if he was on the other team. Obviously, but, you know, if you're, you know, speaking facts-wise, but... I mean, come on. Like, he was there to, like, keep the peace. He didn't care about if you were left or right. He was just trying to stop the bad things from happening, people hurting each other. People got hurt. He was there as a medic. It's like, ugh. Yeah, we definitely have some. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. In addition to the only other piece of news I got before we let you guys go today is that a DEA agent has uh, been charged with something in regards to January 6th. After it was released that in his interview, he talked about being convinced to go into the Capitol by someone who turned out to be an undercover FBI agent. Oh, shit. So an undercover FBI agent convinced an <laughs> undercover DEA agent to go into the Capitol. Wait, what? Yeah. That's, They're so stupid. This is like the oh meme of like God. the undercover cops arresting the other undercover cops because they didn't like deconflict their can, can operations you, together. Can you get the meme of all the Spider-Mans and put FBI hats on them? Oh, my God. oh yeah, each other? that's a good one. So, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how things unfold moving forward now that, uh, you know, Joe Biden's wrapping up his European trip and should be coming home this week to all, <coughs> all the crises and... Exploding poll numbers he's coming home to. Not a bad one today. Nope. Able to throw it together at the last minute with some uh, guest reschedulings and uh, spots being filled in. We were still able to, uh, I think, put out one hell of a show. Definitely. Yeah, you know where you could listen to those bad boys. You could find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcasts, FM Player, and now iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the show, rate it, 
please leave a review. And don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share. Show creds of the week, of course, Mr. James from We The People Radio, in addition to The Bread Room, Dawnstar1776, The Moose Is Loose, Cagro88, Babe Does The News, Mike Crispy from Right Side Broadcasting, and Tom Piper, the editor-in-chief of The National File. Ladies and gentlemen, please follow all of our sponsors, American-owned and operated businesses. The only thing you do by supporting them is you help make small American businesses great again. Odyssey, audio video, really good headphones. They're at odyssey.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Stay ready gear. Get yourself a melted plastic holster. It doesn't sound as cool when you say it like that. I was going to (laughs) say, put your dog's face on it. Yeah. Uh, they have some really good stuff down there. Check out all the different things that they make. Um, all everything's custom, color combinations, the picture you choose if you want it. Go down there and get it. They're at stayreadygear.com, and they're on Facebook and Instagram as well. I think they're moving shops right now, though, so they're going to be down for a bit. Good. Well, they're still going to be putting out some high quality stuff. Yeah. You know what you do like when I say man rubs. Hmm. Get that Thanksgiving turkey. Try to find one for under a hundred bucks due to inflation. Rub it all up good. Stuff it. Get those <laughs> giblets ready to go. Throw it in the oven, and when that popper timer pops, slice it up. Throw it in your mouth. Num num num. Manrubs.com, Facebook, and Instagram as well. West Coast Survival Arms. You know it doesn't make noises like that. <laughs> Rifles and shotguns and pistols. <laughs> Mike's got them all in addition to ammo. He's at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger. He answers back extremely quick there and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Mediocre Medic, all of our first responders, thank you for all your support. Playing steak for breakfast in the ambulances and the fire trucks. You're out there with your tactical gear from Mediocre Medic. Patches on your bags, wearing some flip-flops and some fanny packs. Go over and support them at mediocremedic.com. And their Instagram, which is a favorite of our first responders. And finally, the top tier of tactical gear, dumpbox.us, home of the zero fucks jet. Go find Mark Joe Friday, buy yourself some patches, a couple t-shirts, and a sweatshirt. They're at dumpbox.us and on Facebook and Instagram as well. Upcoming shows, we got to reschedule on Friday. We are going to have our friend edition with the reverse mockingbird, the calling of Esther, and truth on draft 2.0. But before we have them on, we will be sitting down with Mr. Raheem Kassam, Editor-in-Chief of the National Pulse, and we're going to talk to him about all this crazy crap that's going on here in the United States and apparently at the Vatican when I talk about crazy crap. Mm. Yep. Next Tuesday, we're going to have Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News. It's going to be awesome to sit down with him again. Nice. On the 12th of November, we're going to have Miss Elizabeth Jade, formerly of Playboy and Maxim, in addition to congressional candidate out of Tennessee, Mr. Robbie Starbuck. Natalie Denise will be joining us on the 16th of November, and we'll be having a very special guest from the Daily Caller, Mr. Jorge Ventura. So it'll be a border crisis episode with those two coming on. They both do a lot of great work down there, and it's going to be great to have them both on the show. And on the 26th of November, we're going to have House candidate out of New Jersey, Trisha Flanagan. So that's some of our upcoming shows. In addition to some other guests, I know we were supposed to have Jessica Harlow today. She will fill in on one of those dates before the end of November as a reschedule. We just haven't ironed out the date yet. Friends of the Week. 
Brenda Memes, X. We did a nice little collab the other day. It was good. It felt like we weren't shadow banned for once. Mm. That seems to be like a, you know, IG beat the block blocker. The Duke of Memes, Gabriel Savage, and Sheep No More. They got episode one, which would be two of their show coming out this week. Um, Grand Old Memes. Uncharted Territory had some good ones this week. I shared quite a few of them. In addition to Noah's favorite, Pubertos. <laughs> that Southern dude. And that's going to do it for Friends of the Week this week. But you know what's not going to do it for is the things we ask you to do between now and Friday, which is do your own research, hold the line, ride it, buy the dip, get the fuck in here, snatch the wigs, ice your balls. Let's see what happens. Most importantly, where we go one. We go all. We'll be back on Friday with Mr. Raheem Kassam for episode 79 of Steak for Breakfast podcast, in addition to our friend episode. This has been episode 78. Thanks for listening and take care. October 28th, 2021. This is the day that things couldn't possibly get nuttier. And here it is. According to a piece in this afternoon's Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration has decided to pay reparations to illegal aliens. In other words, foreigners who came here without invitation, who came in willful violation of legal statutes passed by our Congress per our Constitution, those people are about to get a groveling apology and huge amounts of cash. Why? Because our government dared to enforce its own laws, which now apparently is immoral. So the Biden White House is going to pay criminals for committing crimes. It's almost impossible to believe that's real, but it is real.